Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by the party prince himself, party boy Pete McCormick, N-Dub's favorite son, stunning Steve Cabot, and our special guest today is the indomitable Thomas Romeo. You can find us on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can join us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and hang out with us on the Twitter and TikTok at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show and go through the approval process with a PAAA, please email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. Party Boy Pete, are you ready to get this thing started? I'm ready to uh, light the fires and kick the tires, Big Daddy. Let's get going. I love it. N-Dub's favorite son, Schwap Game, Steve Cabot. How are you feeling, my man? We out here ready to rock. Love it. All right, let's get this thing started. Let's go. It's all objective to be effective by voice in societies. Working perspective. Exploring your day and how you get paid. just want to say to all the listeners out there you know what's going down october 2nd is the showdown of the millennium i will be winning the rights to the show back via mario kart at graham's pub the land of the free home of the brave i will be beating a pirating bastard and i'll take my show back by force if needed all right but i want to kick it over to our good friend end favorite son schwap game steve cabot to give us a little background on the indomitable thomas romeo schwap game let me hear it baby so I've known this guy a little bit. He grew yeah. up in my neighborhood. His mm-hmm. older brother happens to be one of my closest friends. And right. I met his brother in first grade. So right. known this family a long time, right? Yeah. yeah. He like normal end dub guy. He's very athletic, done some great athletic things, but yeah. he happens to also be a handsome motherfucker, right? Sure is. Never, never fun. But you know, it's good to have friends like that because they attract broads, right? Yeah. Testify. So <laughs> So as we uh, move forward, I, uh, we go to high school years. He's two years behind me. I'm a senior in high school. He's a sophomore at North Penn where we attend it. It's only 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. So no freshman, right? No. So as a sophomore, you are a freshman. Yep. So he's in there. And, uh, you know, of course, he's part of our crew. We're, you know, same old regular. Yeah. Uh, one day, I happened to be out with a couple other guys from the rich outlying neighborhoods from where we grew up. Right. And these fellers were out there talking about how this one kid that we knew pretty well and we're cordial with, he's complaining about how his, cause another very good looking guy, how his extremely hot 10th grade girlfriend is obsessed with some kid, some 10th grader, this, that, the other thing. Right. And I'm like, Oh yeah. How about that? Like you're uh, knowing that these kids also grew up like pussies and will yeah. do nothing about it, but complain. Yeah. At those days. So yeah. I'm like, okay, or who is this guy? What are we talking about? Blah, blah, blah. I'm laughing, making fun of him. He goes, I don't know. I'd never heard the Tommy something. 
Then he tells me it's Tommy Romeo and asks me if that's Jay's brother. And do I know him? Of course. Yeah. And he said, well, my girlfriend's obsessed with him, you know, and that's not good. And I'm like, yeah, it's a problem for you. Yeah. Not for him or anyone else. So we're fine. Right. Go to find out a little bit later who this girl is. Of course, it's some super hot chick that there was a legendary class uh, in between his grade and my grade. But a, a girl who was legendarily hot. Mm-hmm. obsessed with him and that's the type of guy we're dealing with so do yeah. i kind of resent it sometimes i do we all do i wish i could be that good looking and just have chicks come approach me yeah yeah but i don't Same. no other I mean, than that he's a great great human being done a bunch of good stuff good jobs been through some shit so you, you're gonna get a good exciting episode out of this one yeah nice so my next question is thomas have you seen Bohemian Rhapsody? And do you like that shitty ass movie? I have not seen it. <laughs> yeah. Hell don't yeah. Even, don't even know what it is. Isn't that a song? <laughs> it's, uh, it so, it's a it great is. song. It's a topic of the greatest singer in the 20th century, Thomas. <laughs> That's all it is. Freddie Mercury, the Golden Pipes himself. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He Look. was quite the pipe taker. Yeah. Anyway. Love sounds like pipe. <laughs> sounds like a musical, but um it's a famous song, right? So you're you're Tom, you are absolutely correct. It's a famous, fantastic song, which we all love. Then they and made a movie almost and they even insu- better movie. No, then they insulted the name of that great song by naming a shitty movie after it. You know? Okay. Yeah. I watch sports and good movies, so haven't yeah. seen that one yet, man. Yeah. Thomas, you'll know Bohemian Rhapsody because it's the song that made uh, what's it called famous? Wayne's World. Like Me that's alive. the yes. way they rock out to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think. I mean, yeah. If you haven't heard Bohemian Rhapsody by Give now, me a line. Heard it. Come on. Give me a line. Thunderbolts of lightning, very, oh, very yeah, bright. absolutely. Galileo. Yeah, that's all you have to say. And that's what these guys hate, Thomas. That's what they hate. No, no, we don't no. hate that song. No, no, we hate the fucking movie. That, that oh, song. now we have nuance on this show. Great to, great to find out. Now today we have nuance. Oh, <laughs> Tell them, Pete. I'll nuance. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a new you're, you're nuance. So, Wait all right. Yeah, so, Thomas, thanks for showing up, man. Thanks for coming on the show. How you doing, pal? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, doing great. A uh, little hot out there today uh, for yeah. anybody that was outside. So, yeah. hell yeah. We were outside working, um, came indoors, worked on a computer a little bit, and uh, here to chop it up with you guys for the Must night. be nice to have that Dago Italian skin where you're all tanned up. Oh, yeah. Look at him. He good. hits the sun. You don't, you don't get sunburned, do you? I no. actually, you know what? I actually don't. Um, we were out on a boat uh, uh, last Monday on Memorial Day. We took a boat out. Uh, we're not going to go through that whole. Uh, <laughs> but long story short we were on the water so that's all that was the name of the boat gtl jim tan laundry right. <laughs> close enough no it was actually the uh 166 phantom of uh, 1989 right. wow. spit it spit all it right. Thomas. Yeah. let them know rocks pretty good on the waves there man but uh but no man excited to be here uh listen yeah. to a couple of your guys podcasts so appreciate it um, yeah thomas you, yeah. T- don't let thomas lie to you he was in the same sun i was not the same shade. No. Not the same shade. <laughs> no. I got a little Heinz ketchup ish. Right. He got very Italian. Yeah, but just He's almost caramel, I would say. <laughs> you know what's funny? We actually have a picture. Um, it's me. So I'm in the middle of uh, three boys, uh, older brother, younger brother. So we have yep. a picture, famous picture, been sitting on uh, my parents, um, one of the little end tables next to the couch forever. Yeah. And it's me and it's both my brothers. Uh, we're in New Jersey. We're at my cousin's. We have our shirts off outside in the pool. Of and course. we're standing on like the A frame 
uh, the side of a, uh, <laughs> all, all three of us stand on an A-frame, the side of a big swing set. And yeah. I look like, uh, I don't Thomas, look like I'm part of the family. What did, what did I say <laughs> you were when I saw that picture? What did I say? Probably. I tell you, he put, he put it out in the group and I texted it. Well, I didn't know Thomas was Puerto Rican, but yep. apparently yep. Jay and Anthony are not the same people as him. Yep. I, I, yeah. I actually have a cousin that's half Irish and half Dominican. And when we were kids, we would go to the beach of the lake and he would get so tan that some people wouldn't let their kids play with him because they thought he was, you know, like not white. <laughs> Yo, I don't know if that flies in today's This was like late was 80s, this? early 90s, uh, northeast Philadelphia, you know. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, the, yeah. Uh, but I just mean, to uh, just to wrap up that uh, that boating trip last Monday on Memorial yeah, Day, uh, we yeah. were outside, so definitely got some sun. Uh, sure. But I don't know if anybody remembers last week. That was the only sunny day, Tuesday through Friday, yep. kind of yeah. overcast and dark. Uh, so went to a very good friend's wedding Friday, and um, you know how girls like to look all tan for the wedding, all that Dude, good stuff. Don't I know? It. Well, everybody's asking me, Tom, why are you so tan? Do you go tan? <laughs> he straight up did not believe me that that was from one day on Monday, and then no uh, sun the rest of the week. So you lucky bastard. But anyway, and just a quick shout out: that's Thomas's birthday on the thirtieth. Just passed. He's oh, ready. happy Same. belated birthday! So ready. We're not dating uh, the episode, but good ready, job, ready, re- yeah. But ready for this though. Um, Maddie, he's born got? on the exact same day as my only brother. And also one of our good friends you grew up, uh, Dave Broderick. He's on that day. Well, and so is his cousin, and, or uh, Tommy's cousin. So four yep. people, including my brother, Jay's brother, and Tom, you know, Tommy, all born Jesus. on May 30th. Jesus Shout out Christ. to May 30th. Yeah, May 30th doing some work. That's End the of day. End, End of day. day. Yep. Yeah, I know, uh, man. Speaking of that real quick, Matt, I know uh, I know you know our buddy Justin pretty well. Uh, so love, hey, shout out J-Dub, Justin Richardson, love you. Oh, yeah, yeah J-Dub, cool, dude. So J-Dub's birthday is May 29th, uh, so he's, he's, a, he's, a year and a, he's a year and a day older than me. I think, I don't know if it was, you know, coming into the school system or they held him back, either or. But um, yeah. long story short, me and him celebrated many and many a birthdays together, uh, being, you know, the 29th and 30th. and. Best friends. So. Dude, I'll tell you what. Many Josh, birthday trips with him. I think our they, best one was down to uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Ooh. Um, awesome trip. But Yeah. Um, yep, Does he, so, yeah, let's not get, I mean, we won't talk about that too much, you know. But J-Dub is the fucking best. Love that dude, you know. He's got a podcast coming out, too. I forget the name of it. But once I remember, we'll uh, shout it out and have a link in the cool. description. Yeah. So nice. All right. Well, Tom, thanks for coming on, man. Great story. Great start. So let's get this thing going. We're going to go into our uh, our number one segment called Memory Lane. Where do these bizarre memories come from? So in English, if you say this is lame, when you're describing something, uh, what you are saying is that it's not cool, it's not awesome, uh, it's not interesting. So on Memory Lane, we're going to bring up a topic from the 90s. We're going to discuss, deliberate, and decide. Then we're going to vote to see if it's still totally awesome, tubular, radical, bro, or if it's lame city. So Thomas, being that you're the guest, what is the Memory Lane topic that you have brought for us? Okay, um, just something from the 90s, anything, huh? Yeah, so i.e. like Goosebumps was one. I remember Huggies was one. Blockbuster right. Video. Let's, let's go with uh, I came. I came with the Roller Racer. Yeah. Yeah, Pogs. Pogs. We'll start with Ooh. that. All right. Uh, so, so, all right. Pogs is good. Pogs is good. Uh, Sad, sadly, been on the show before. Okay. <laughs> that what annoys me. Got? Yeah. 
corny ass. What else from the uh, from the nineties? Yeah. Um, what do you know about meeting up with all your friends before school and playing some football before school? Ooh, Ooh okay. Elementary uh-huh. school battleground on, on blacktop. This is what I like. So we, uh, a former guest of the show, friend of the show, Rick Outland, had a similar kind of story where he, his memory lame thing was that he used to load up his wiffle ball bats with like what, like newspaper and all that kind of stuff to play like loaded bat wiffle ball at school before school and during recess, right? Pete would then load up his wiffle ball bats with rocks and sand and he mm. still uses it to this day to kill ducks yep. out back of his house. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. Legit technique. Legit yeah. technique. It's probably the best technique going. So respect okay. it, Pete. I respect it. That's so, right. Uh, I will say this, right? Now, how old were you when you stopped playing football in the street on the blacktop? Oh, it, oh, we still do that, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that don't never yeah. We have never. Here. Well, how, uh, okay, but was it tackle or was it is it touch? Uh, it was it was rough touch, you know, yeah. if you didn't like somebody too much. Or one, really two, just, three, hold. Yeah, just two <laughs> yeah, hand yeah, touch yeah. Um, in elementary school. So but uh, real quick, another um, another trend from the 90s, just because I got the before school vibe going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was kind of a before and after school. So come would, with it, Thomas. We like would it. ride our bikes to school and yeah. um, everybody loves trash day, right? Everybody's sure. trash cans filled. Yeah, uh, the aluminum sounds pretty loud. So long story short, we would assign point values to trash cans. The big BFIs were like 50. Uh, The little (laughs) aluminum cans uh, was like, you know, 100. If it was filled with cans, it was a buck 50. And we would ride by a short ride, you know, uh, four or five blocks from the elementary school home. But uh, we would add up all our points and we would kick over trash cans and recycle them on the way home. <laughs> Dude, how now, many times? Well, did uh, Chris Tucker and Ice Cube ever chase you down the street? Like, yeah. to catch you? like this? Yeah. absolutely nah, happened, Pete. But we had a uh, we had a famous um, uh, let's just say Indian um, neighbor uh, guy in the neighborhood. Um, he was of Indian descent. Very nice family. Yeah. Uh, you know, would give out the uh, the ritual orange and black things at Halloween. But long story yeah. short. Um, uh, this gentleman chased us around the neighborhood once. He knew who kicked over his, his trash can and recycled. <laughs> was not having it from you punks. So we made it a few blocks up the way. Let's just say I was, uh, let's just say I witnessed what happened, uh, but a good friend of mine actually hid underneath the car. Um, yeah. And the, uh, you know, uh, the nice Indian fellow saw him hide and roll underneath the car. So he very, very nicely pulled up next to that car and started yelling at my friend underneath the car. Of course, the friend just rolled out the other side and sprinted and was gone. But yeah. Uh, that's Hit an I, I, I've seen the movie Sleepers many times, and he got off late because it could have gone a lot yeah. worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess uh, yep. just overall, you could put vandalism in the '90s. We don't do it anymore. <laughs> sure don't. Kind of, uh, it was a North Wales pastime. We so did you guys it gave ever... you that rush once you did something? Oh. You had to run the other Dude. way, and it was just an adrenaline what, rush. Like M- mischief night became like more like <laughs> my you, birthday. Yeah, you looked for it. Oh, is it? Really? Yeah, that's Steve's birthday. Go figure. Right? Fuck no, God, that makes sure. so much. <laughs> Sense. That right. makes Fuck so much here. sense. Wow, yeah, right. that makes all the sense in the world now. All right, they were in the hospital. The lightning strikes three times. The curtains the get thing. thrown back Are by you? the wind. Yeah, yeah someone at this point, burns at this dog point in my shit life. in the room. At this Steve point, comes my out and immediately pisses in the doctor's face as he's being born. Yeah, <laughs> it's got me worn out at this point with this shit. You're the four billionth people that have gone. The second they find out that, they go. Oh, well, I get it. I'm like, fuck you. It has nothing to do with anything. 
Yeah, nice. So, <laughs> but apparently, I mean, that would be like finding out that Liberace was born on the day the rainbow was invented. You're just like, <laughs> oh, of course, this makes sense. <laughs> Uh, me, uh, so just to add to it real quick, just because I'm on a uh, before school or after school uh, thing here, uh, before school as well, also trash day, uh, we had a very, very good friend whose um, yeah. family worked for a chocolate company, uh, I believe it was Hershey or maybe another. Hershey. Yep. Uh, long story short, uh, this gentleman's BFI big trash can was filled with king size, you know, baby Ruth, uh, Butterfinger, uh, crunch that they were throwing away you name it they had it so they mm-hmm. would throw it away so you know we would very st- stealthily uh go up there every single right. monday or thursday on trash day right. just simply wheel his bfi to the neighbors behind the big pine trees just knock it over fill up our school bags and um then sell those you know uh, uh slanging them in elementary school for 50 cents a pot where you had to go <laughs> to you know fucking hustle there yep. so we were yep, an entrepreneur yep. from day one man yeah I, I like how you had this dude. like steal it from the trash can i remember like one time i had a neighbor that was like hey we caught someone stealing out of your trash can i'm like it's the fucking trash can he can take whatever <laughs> he wants like i want to bring the sludge back like <laughs> right yeah. Well, here's the thing, too. If this is any good preamble to Thomas's uh, job experience, like he just showed, was already a young entrepreneur at a young age, ready right. to work. Yeah, he was like Randy someone. in the wire, you know, like had yeah. 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 By, you but know, he wasn't he wasn't bars, bars, he's ready to bitch. go. Randy, and again, Randy ended up being a snitch bitch. We're just saying, you know, right, re, uh, season yeah. four, Randy, not season yeah. five, Randy. We're only okay, yeah. only on season okay. four. OK, yeah. that's fine. That's right. And again, just to shout out his old man, Mr. Oldhead Wavy Davy Romeo. He uh, was uh, the hardest worker I've ever seen. So Thomas learned from the best out of work. Good. Shout out. Shout out then. I love hearing that. I love when we get to say like that parents of like blue collar kids. So we're oh, not yeah. a bunch of fuck off stunads. You know what I mean? Um, his old man worked harder than anybody I remember. He's just Good. a beast. So Good. Glad to hear. That's the way it should be. So Nice. Uh, shout out to vandalism and mischief night so, <laughs> in, uh, in Lansdale, land of the free, home of the brave. Uh, we used to do this thing we, we called it shucking corn, right? So there was this old guy that lived across the street from a friend of mine, and we'll right, and we're uh, we this dude was like really old. So you know how in twins, right, in a twin house, right, you have like the front porch that does like a, a wraparound, right. And then your front door, it's like a step down from your front door to step onto the porch, right? Mm-hmm. So this guy was like really old, right? And he would step down. But like if you like when we would like play like ding dong ditch on his house, he would like come out of his house really fast, even though he's really old. So you know how they have like like the corn stalks around like like Thanksgiving and Halloween? We took oh, yeah. a bunch of the corn stalks and we like shucked off the corn on the corn stalks in like a bag, Right. Then we threw a ton of them on this guy's porch, right? And we did the ding dong ditch and ran, and he came flying out, bro. Like I was thought we were gonna have to call the hospital because this guy <laughs> fucking nailed his ass when he came flying out of the house. Oh. He, he comes, he opens the door, comes out like you fucking, and he flies out, and all of a sudden it's like, Doo! and then you don't hear anything. He's just like, oh no, oh. we're like. Ah. Uh, and we just left. So that's moral, the last time moral of the story. Moral of the story. Kids are terrible. Kids no. are fucking terrible. <laughs> if you hear a uh, knock at your door after seven answer. o'clock at night, just just stay inside. <laughs> you know, you, you didn't order a pizza. You know, it's not for you, dude. Have you ever heard yep. the Sebastian Maniscalco gimmick that he says? He's no. like, before <laughs> you like, th- there used to be a thing like when you would have company, like when people would drop by randomly, right? Like back in the day, it was like a thing. <laughs> 
You know, like you had like special <laughs> silverware yeah. and t Yeah, hell yeah. Them. Like it was like a whole thing. Now if someone someone drops by randomly, you're like, who the fuck is this creep <laughs> trying to come to my fucking house? You know? Didn't text me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No call before. Who rings the doorbell anymore? Yeah, right. You know. <laughs> All right. Look, there's AshleyMadison.com now. You know, if you want to have your affairs, you can do it outside of the house and don't yeah, involve your yeah. kids. Yeah. Pete's right. So, so the good, real good, uh, real quick, good ding dong dip store. I know we've all seen Billy Madison. I know of where course. we've all uh, seen the flaming course. bag of poop. He, he likes on fire. Shit poop. Of course, we had to try it. Uh, yeah, so one night it was me, sure did. Uh, two other good friends. We'll leave names out, but long right. story short, uh, about two blocks up the street, uh, same street I live on. Uh, you know, had already ding dong ditched a couple of houses that night, so you always save the best for last. Right. Uh, yeah. So, good friend of mine, a nice big Rottweiler, a uh, couple big steamy poops thrown in the bag. Woo! Um, so we go up the street. <laughs> the biggest Rottweiler. Good. The good. Biggest. Yep, Jesus yep. Christ! These things uh, are the size of your fucking forearm. Yes, right. way bigger than human doo doo. So good friend goes up to the door, uh, puts the brown paper bag. Looks like a little brown paper bag. We used. Uh, if, if you were packed your lunch, that's the bag we used. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, pr- pretty heavy and, and pretty smelly. So he put yeah. it down. Hell um, yeah. So he makes the mistake of knocking, uh, of ringing first before he lights it. Oh, shit. <laughs> now, now, now he's going to light it, and he rings ding, 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 ding. Um, uh, house pitch dark, by the way. All of a sudden, the outside light comes on. I'm uh, oh. not sure if it was a sensor. <laughs> The old man turned it on. So here, and here's me across the street uh, with the camera just filming. Uh, Long story short, um, he's having trouble lighting a bag of poop, right? Um, And all all of a sudden, the bag of poop, looking back, we probably should have sprayed it with WD-40 or something. Oh, yeah. Hey, it was a human night. You know what I mean? What what can you do? Your palms are sweaty when you're holding it. It's a whole thing. You're 11. You're 11. So uh, on goes the light. Uh, Finally, the bag starts flaming, and it's going up, man. Like, those brown (laughs) paper bags go quick, man. Look like a damn box of tissues he lit. Um, And immediately, you hear somebody screaming. Now, it wasn't the word for word. It's Pope. You know, it wasn't that. But uh, it was pretty damn entertaining, man. So that's it. So old man, um, you know, calls the uh, 911 or the fire department immediately. Again, this is two blocks up from my house and we're all pretty fast. So here we go. As soon as old man comes out, he starts yelling. Of course, we run across uh, the yard and, and down the street. I'm already across the yard. I waited for my buddy to catch up. As we're running down, we get past the first block. As we're hitting the second block, the, the street I live on. Up comes uh, the blue Volkswagen, another good friend that lives in the neighborhood that we know works for the fire department. So here he comes up the street, this little blue Volkswagen, little blue light going. Yep. Whipping. So there you go, man. Flaming bag of shit. Uh, fire, <laughs> firefighters up the street all in 60 seconds. So that's dude, my, hell yeah. Dude, my I thing would love story, doing but, whatever oh, he yeah. says. I, fucking, yeah. I would just love to see that. That would be, I mean, it had to be fuck. You must have been pissing yourself. Like, Oh, it was absolutely amazing. Dude, amazing. the rush of vandalism, it's a real thing. You know what I'm saying? It's it's unbelievable. You could take probably everything we just talked about and just throw it under the category adrenaline rush. You know? yeah. now, it's different I'll, when you're younger, right? Yeah. I'll yeah. be honest. I will always tell kids, don't do drugs, but I won't tell kids, don't try vandalism once. Yeah, just don't vandalize. I'm the one that tells kids, uh, listen to this <laughs> Do not do vandalism once. <laughs> yeah, just, just once. Don't come near my fucking house. I don't it, care. It's all fun and games until you try and get in an apartment and you have uh, 30 felonies for uh, <laughs> mail being scattered throughout the neighborhood. <laughs> well, Moral yeah. story, don't listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> my yeah, role yeah. was, um, whether it's drugs or vandalism, uh, same thing. advice that was told to me by a wise man one day, man. Just do everything in moderation, then kind of figure it out for yourself. So yeah. Hell dab, yeah. dabble All a little bit, and if it's for you, keep at it. Yeah. 
Nice, man. Nice. All right. Well, uh, we've deliberated enough. So the topic was, we'll just say vandalism and before school activities. (laughs) So Thomas, that you brought this up. So vandalism and before school activities, is it rad or is it lame? We're talking now or then now. Uh, now it's lame, man. It's, it's not good to destruct other people's property and, and, you know, do stuff that people <laughs> yeah. work hard for, but yeah. you know, back then as a kid, totally fucking rad. It's the fucking rad. Stu Baines, what are you voting? I'm, ra- rad or I'm going, I'm going rad for both rad for not vandalism as in other people's property, but I have sure. like, say, I don't know, a uh, abandoned car in the back of my shop. And you know, one day I might want to walk out and throw a fucking rotor through it. And right. that would make me feel good. Okay, yeah. I don't yeah. know why. I'm Destruction is there. There is a thing I saw. Like, there's a type of therapy now where it's called destruction therapy. Yeah, like going someone, to a room and fuck shit up. Yeah, or like someone will buy like a bunch of fruit, like watermelons and cantaloupes, and you get to take like a sledgehammer or bat yeah. to that shit. I thought Gallagher it was like, on them because, like, you, you we all know, like punching a bag and stuff that mm, is somewhat therapeutic. Of a yeah, very much so. But, like, I would fucking love to be able to, like, crack a car oh. windshield, right? Yeah, hell like, yeah. Like, how hell fucking yeah. great would that be? I'd be and in then, the best uh, mood after that. Oh, know? yeah. Agreed. And then for, uh, because I have the personal experience of him with the uh, after or before school activities, it was popping at N-Dub in the morning. Yeah. Not only for that football on the pavement, but there was also, we had this enclosed three little way wall, and we would play, obviously, wall ball with it, right? Right. And if someone got caught with wall ball, and fucked up and had to go against the wall for Suey. Yeah, yeah. We had the old head trick where you kept the racquetballs on deck. Ooh. So instead of a tennis ball, you get you think it's a tennis ball, you're prepared and you get racquetballed. Yeah, well, you know, it was it was a pop in time Dude. and it would still be fun to play right now. So I'm yeah. going rad on both. Guys. I would love to see like a fucking little professional wall ball gimmick going. Shit you know is serious, cuz that's that not playing. No. That's no. hard. Yeah. Stepping wall up ball. the handball. Yeah. Hell yeah. Nice. All right. Peter Hosen, your thoughts on vandalism and before school activities, i.e. playing football and stuff Don't like that. Don't be a pussy, Pete. Rad or lame? All right. So for, for, uh, for football before school, it, it, it's a, it, it depends, right? If it's God tackle football, it. when I was in sixth grade, I was unstoppable in tackle football. You, well, like, you're I also 6'4". I was this size. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if it was playing touch, I was getting caught by everyone. Fucking and hated that's it. Where I, I hated that's it. Where, Makes sense. Yeah, it, it get cons- you wanted the athletic big from- dudes, too. We didn't like playing with the athletic big dudes. No one did. Yeah. <laughs> nope. As the residential fat kid, I got to let everybody know that when they do their hijinks with a ding-dong ditch, the fat kid is the one that gets caught. All these are fast guys getting out of there. I'm the one that's like uh... a block behind. Don't do it. It's not worth it. You're going to get caught. These guys are getting away. Hell yeah, Pete. Well, Pete, if it makes you feel better, you were also the guy who would, when we played in the neighborhood, uh, say, rumble, fumble, or kill the man with the ball. You was dominating. Yeah, you signed. You were putting kids down. Sixth grade grade was like the epitome of sports for me because no one could tackle me. And in basketball, I could just keep rebounding and shooting again. And then in seventh grade, kids learned how to jump, and I I lost my superpower. (laughs) And it was just wrestling and lineman for me. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So, yeah, my vote, I'm going to say that uh, vandalism back then, rad, now, lame, and football always will be rad. So, okay. So, that was another rousing segment of Memory Lame. Uh, for all those listeners, if you want to send in some Memory Lame suggestions, just hit us up on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and on the Twitter at Working P Pod. All right. So, let's keep this moving. So, uh, our guest today, Thomas Tommy Youngbull Romeo. 
He was born in North Bend Hospital and grew up in North Wales, a.k.a. N-Dub. He went to A.k.a. Public... Tamil. A.k.a. N-Dub Tamil, I guess. So either yes, way, sir. went to public school K-12, through got an engineering degree from ITT Tech. He mm. played soccer at a young Damn. age from ages 6 to 12. <laughs> Played football from the age of 12 till he was a senior in high school. Last official football game was the state championship game as a senior. He played baseball from ages 9 to 11. Did a little track. Did a little track in middle school. Ran the 75-meter and the 4-by-100-meter relay. All right. But I want to get this thing started. So you said, Tommy, you uh, you played some soccer early on. What was your thoughts on playing soccer? Because I will say this. I played soccer as a young kid, too. And when I was growing and up in California. Well, yeah. When I was growing up in California, <laughs> yeah, I was I was the goalie, in case you were wondering. But, yeah. Oh, well, no. all right, all right, all right. But, uh, no. And when I was in California, soccer is like the number one thing. Everyone loved it. But then when I came mm-hmm. here right football is king so if mm-hmm. you played soccer you were considered like a fucking stunad so a palsy yeah so what what was your thoughts on playing soccer and all that? Uh, also i fucking soccer kids are like the worst so <laughs> just kidding i was just jealous because of how athletic they are but all right tommy what are your thoughts on playing soccer as a kid because you played for like mustangs and everything right yeah 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 Ooh, uh, Mustang. first first for you matt a favorite movie of yours the big green oh. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> you know not gonna lie uh don't hate it one i agree of, one of the best parts of the movie is when the teacher calls the uh the the mexican kid juan so that was just great. <laughs> I just remember the name of it. Um, but anyway, yeah, man. Back that has, to, the, that uh, has the, the, the catcher from Santa, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There we man, go. Hamilton Porter is his yeah, name. That's right. Shout out Hamilton Porter. Come on, Legend. Man. Legend. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, soccer, man. Uh, what did I think of soccer? I absolutely loved it at a young age, man. Um, for myself, honestly, feel like it was kind of the foundation for my speed. Uh, gets your, you know, gets your heart pumping, man. Gets your cardio up a lot. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was yeah. pretty good, too, man. I was... You know, because uh, you're probably, very fast. You're yeah, probably Italian. the best person on my team every single year. Uh, I used yeah. to play with the kids a year or two older than me. Um, yeah. I played striker. So for anybody Ooh. that doesn't know that, that's kind of center forward. That's the one that scores the goals. It's yeah. the fastest guy on the team. Yep. Um, Honestly, Tommy, looking at you, had you stuck with soccer, you're the American Ronaldo. You know, you know, like women would just get lost in your eyes. Uh, you, know you, tell, you hit them with the soccer thing for some reason. Bro, so we did a uh, soft soccer. Boys. Yeah, yeah. And I was uh, I was I heard Steve just uh, soft soccer, man. I was very, very <laughs> physical. Um, I start. I once started a started a fight with adults and kids um, at an indoor <laughs> soccer <laughs> tournament. Uh, That's fist, right. Fist flying Wood, Woodhaven. At adults. Uh, no, no, this is actually down in the city, man. Uh, believe up. it or not, I forget exactly where. Uh, yeah. But I do know it was the day after Biggie Smalls died. I remember uh, driving there 96. with my dad in uh, his red minivan 94. and hearing how Biggie had passed the night before as I'm in the back kicking the ball against the side of his van um, as we're driving to the tournament. But He's old. Um, yep, just to sum up soccer, man, um, I so, love it. So, Tommy, yeah. also, in Europe, they actually say rugby is a ruffian sport played by gentlemen and soccer is a gentleman sport played by ruffians. Ooh. Okay. So yeah, you're okay. a ruffian playing a gentleman's sport. 
I would say. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So let's fast forward to I think I played till I was about 13 years old, uh, around okay. middle Ooh. school. And right. um I uh, did the t shirt league growing up, did the travel leagues growing up. I uh, never yeah. played for school for some reason. I was I was kind of against school not wasn't against school sports, but just you know, the, the travel yeah. team took up a lot of time. So long story yeah. short, uh older brother was a little more physical, right? Uh, you know, wrestled, played Rise football, American yeah. football. Um, you know, swam a little bit. So, Ooh. you know, there's, uh, he used to, he used to get on me a lot, not just him, maybe Steve, maybe some others. And when he know. says physical, his brother is a goddamn baby bear. Tom, <laughs> don't get it wrong. Tommy's fast and more athletic, but Jay is a goddamn bear. So he had a tank as an older brother. Yeah. yeah. Never had anything physically on him to this day. Still don't, um, He's I'll a always, tank. I'll always maintain I'm a, uh, I'm a step quicker. Uh, doesn't uh-huh. matter the distance, but Jay would we'll argue leave it at that. Yep, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> and, um, and so, long story short, here comes older brother um, Tom. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're a pussy. You know, only pussies play soccer. Yeah. Only that's women right, play Jay. Soccer, girls yeah. play shout soccer. out Jay. So, yeah, you know, I, I most what my older brother said. I, I kind of took to the bank, right? Sure. So what did I do? You know, within a week or two, yeah, I called my soccer coach and quit. I said, mm-hmm. Mr. Zamora. I'm not a pussy anymore. Yeah. So guess what? Guess what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So guess my brother what? learned how to swim. I can't hide from him in the pool anymore. I got to play now. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so guess who knocks on my door about a half hour later as I'm eating dinner with my family? Who? Coach. Soccer coach. Yep. No. He lived a couple blocks down the way. Yeah. He thought, saw talent. Yeah. Thought, he like, used to call me. Uh, ride this Ronaldo thing out. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, buddy. He used to go, Tommy, our little Brazilian player. Tommy. Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> this was also. This was also. Puerto Rican Tommy, where he was 18 shades of tan. So this guy uh, was probably like, "Oh yeah, this kid." Now, He's mind old. you, I used I just, to have a, uh, I used to have a rat tail growing up, right? Oh, oh yeah. Jesus! <laughs> so let's get you should it, have right? brought that up for So I have picture after picture after picture of me running, um, and every damn picture you just see a rat tail flailing in the background, man. Hell that yeah, the flow. Like, oh, long, you were you were basically the coolest kid ever. Yep. Dude, yep. we got yeah. ding dong ditch. We got rat tails going on. We got older brothers abusing them. This is Hell a heck yeah. of a story. <laughs> so that ended, the, uh, that ended the soccer career, and, and we switched to uh, we switched to American football uh, like I, that overnight, uh, man. So, uh, Tommy, I do want to ask this: being that I'm a middle brother as well, so mm-hmm. I'm the, so there's four kids yes. in my family. My sister's the oldest, and there's three boys. Mm-hmm. And I have an older brother, asshole, and then I have a other younger brother, the little shit. So shout I'm out, the middle, shout out, asshole. So I'm the middle brother, right? Mm-hmm. But as someone who has beaten their older brother at something, i.e. Mario Kart, is there Ooh. anything is there anything better than beating your older sibling at something? There's nothing. Few, that there's is a really very satisfying feeling. It beat, is. Yeah. Now that it is followed up by beating your older sibling in something, beating your older sibling in something competitive. What normally happened to you? After, if I did win, it wasn't a good situation. No, yeah, me neither. So then it's time physically, to, physically, me neither. Yeah. So then yeah. it's time to defend yourself. Yes, once yes, you beat yes, your yeah. older brother. You yeah. win mentally, then defend yourself physically. It, 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 every every victory came at a great cost. It you did. Know? Celebration yeah. came the day Pete, after this conversation. You're out of this. You're out of this. You get beat up by your older brother. I have no My little brother never beat me at a motherfucking thing in his life, and he never fucking well so, so i, I will give one shot to my little buddy. brother because when i was growing up i was i think i was like uh, you did the abusing. Old, my brother was five and there was a kid in the neighborhood that was bigger than me and could beat me up and one day he was beating me up and my little brother came up and hit him in the head with a brick and just yelled 
Run! So, Hell shout out yeah. little brothers. Hell then, uh, yeah. Shout out to lookout. All right. Way to go. So, just to wrap up, uh, beating older brothers and feeling satisfaction. <laughs> so, I'm going to rewind uh, 1997 NBA Live. I was the Celtics oh. that game. Oh. He already knows. What this is how much was. little brothers ride with their victories. But I, uh, I still have the same type of vivid But memories. let's just say Paul Pierce was <laughs> on fire in that game, right? Hell yeah. Older brother was not happy when younger brother's just draining threes because that's not real basketball, right? Oh, nope. Yeah. But that's it's a video okay. game. Yeah, whatever. Fucking bullshit. This fucking, you know, so, I fucking beat you. This fucking yeah. game's bullshit. Yep. But so, reverse roles. It's like, dude, you suck. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So finally beat him. Uh, game winner, Paul Pierce, drain it, three pointer. Uh, me, me and my brother used to sit literally right in front of the TV, less than six feet, you know, right. uh, like we all did back in the day. Yeah. I guess that's it was on a, it's cord. all on the cord was. Right? Yeah. 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 You were really thought about like that, a lease. Man. Now yeah. in today's world, you got like a fucking 80 inch screen TV and you're on the other side of the room. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. Playing um, guys online. But shortly after uh, winning this game and feeling this sense of satisfaction, um, this was more of an emotional scar, not physical. This one, he tried to get physical, but I'm pretty elusive. Right. So, you know, as soon as I hit the game winner, here I go, yes, he knew. yes. Uh, here comes a right, a right. Oh, I see his four knuckles, man, coming straight <laughs> up my forehead. I gave it a, a quick dip. Uh, the punch went right over my head, and uh, his hand went right through the uh, drywall. It was about yes. six inches <laughs> into the drywall. So that, that created a hole about this big right next to where Tom's head was every time we played PlayStation. <laughs> Yes. So wait, so, and so Tom, immediately afterwards, were you recruited to try and fix the wall or hide the wall? So <laughs> I was just gonna say, I, I've been in a similar scenario where, okay, so in our dining room at my mom's house, we had a giant china cabinet, right? So one day, me and asshole are fighting, and he he kicks, uh, like you know how you could kick your shoe off? He kicked his shoe off at me, missed. And it hit the china cabinet, and the china cabinet had a big glass pl- pane, like it was a see-through, you know, big big glass pane. He shatters that, and right away it go. Our fight just stops, and it's in. Okay, How do we not get killed by our yes, parents? Like now, let's now it's time to defend ourselves against mom. Yes, yeah, yes. yes. We're yep. all we're a team no, again. There's no we're a team. We're again. all dying here. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. a team again. <laughs> so yeah, look, we we have a uh, we have a common enemy, and we need yes. to dispatch of that enemy, and then we can resume the normal war. Correct. That's right, Pete. Is there something like that that occurred when when you punched the holes through the wall, Tom? Or what's so, going Pete? Down? Just to, yeah, to answer your question, how that wall? It's pretty funny how that hole in that wall evolved over time, right? Of course, it got oh. a little bit bigger, <laughs> uh, but right. that was the only fist that went through it. That wall, believe it or not, actually turned into a trash can for us as yes. kids. Um, I didn't clean it. My dad, my dad didn't make us patch it up. Uh, so that wall was there, I'd say, for 12 to 15 years um, and accumulated a lot of trash until it was like head high for a little, you know, a little. So Tommy and Jay were very economical. They made a mistake. They hid it. And they're like, oh, now we can hide other mistakes behind. Let's the first mistake. Pot, let's compound this. <laughs> yeah. So long let's story a, short. Ant infestation along yep, with yep. Let's go. Long Every story time short. a hole opens in the wall, a trash can also opens as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. All right, wrap, finish up. Hold on, time. it's not done. Just to wrap that up, uh, Dad, uh, you know, does a little expansion, uh, puts a shower in the downstairs bathroom, so has to take this point, right? So Dad finally opens up the wall, 
what the fuck is all this trash in here, right? Could you imagine? Dad I had I no idea we used that kids. thing as a trash can for 10 fucking years, dude. Dude, so Dad was ready to shoot everyone. When you, know? you like, because, like, initially you're pressing it down, but you're in between two, like, two studs. studs. Yep. studs. Yep. So it's kind of like you can go down and around. Yes. And yep. So yes. he opened it up, and he was like, uh-huh. the whole thing was just insulated with, like, you know, Doritos Boom. bags. Yep. And, <laughs> and you know what? I'll never forget the day he did it. He started pulling out all kinds of old school shit, like rats. Rat- Grandma's Back ashes. in the day, we used to eat like oh. old candy, old shit that you don't buy much anymore, man. <laughs> yeah. I had like oh, Carmelo yeah. wrappers in there, Razzles, score bars, everything. Ooh, dude. Dude, yeah, maybe this was here when when you bought the house. This yeah. One, uh, has yeah, your yeah, brother's right. name on it, and yeah. it's definitely a Christmas present. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. that uh, the satisfaction of beating older brother went a long way, right? Hole in Hell the wall, yeah. and then dad, Every fifteen time, years later, uncovering it. Every time you saw that hole in the wall, you remembered, yeah, NBA Live. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, nice. Every time he sees Curry drain a three, he's like, "Oh yeah, ninety-five, DJ." Yeah, it's never scared to get in fights, man, because I know I could dodge a punch pretty quickly, even when I didn't know it was coming. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. smart. You have that sixth sense, you know. I think that comes with most Italians. You know, you're just you're just greasy by nature. I think it comes with most younger brothers. You know, yeah, true, even more, even more. And for people listening that don't know Jay, like I, I. I didn't know Jay as well as, as you guys, but all I remember Beast. was he was all forearms. He wasn't the biggest guy in the world, Beast. but his forearms were the size of a 300-pound man. Just like- his, his brother was legendary for going to work out at gyms. Obviously, he's my, one of my best friends in the world. He's saying yeah. age, blah, blah, blah. He, we would go to gyms, and Jay's you know, not a big human. He's 5'10", maybe 175. Yeah. But he is, he is the, yeah, the strongest mother. He would go into, <laughs> we would go into like gyms to work out at, you know, in the summer, blah, blah, blah. And he would, you know, Jay was just a very nonchalant person, too. He's not, like, outspoken or anything like that. So he laid down on the bench, and he'd, you know, bang out 250, no problem. Just bang out a couple 10 real quick. And you'd see some meathead come over and slap, like, 300 on and do, like, two. And then you'd see Jay slap on 300 and do, like, three. And he's half the size of the guy. And they'd be looking at him like, what the fuck? His brother's so naturally strong. It's And being a wrestling coach and in jiu-jitsu, you felt some strong people in life. His yeah. thing to mess with us as, like, a joke, as, like, roughhousing, he grabs you in a bear hug and squeezes you so hard that you have to tap out from his bear hug. Because I swear really? to God, you can, feel, you can feel your ribs start to, like, crush That's him impressive. so fucking. His grip is insane. Really? plenty of those over the years. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, the bear hug. Oh. But Steve will remember this. Even before the gyms and all, uh, older brother had a bench um, yeah. in his room. <laughs> his room he had so a bed to bench, room. dude. Room was <laughs> so bedroom. small. He had a bed and a bench. Steve, as a, well as some bench. others, they'd be in there lifting. Yep. Um, so I funny. knew what was going on, and all you could hear outside the door was like, stomp, do 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 let the yeah, oh, yeah. cranking that. music. You yeah. were in there, a um, couple others without names, yep. but um, so fun funny. stuff, man, fun stuff. Yep. So that's Dude, his older that's brother. Hilarious. Talk about, like, you know, it, that's a tough one to have. Hey, man, but that's also, too, I guarantee he might have, and it, I think it's the same for all older brothers, where, you and him might have fought, but no one's fucking touching you yeah, other than friend. him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. You guys are thick as thieves, so that's a beautiful yep. thing. But I think that's something like I don't know. Maybe you find it in the in the hoity-toity world as well. I wouldn't know, but I know like that's, would a, I. that's a blue collar thing where like brothers fight, but then they also like get along and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. which is good. So okay, so let's keep this moving. So. You started working. So like we said, uh, your dad is the hardest worker in the game, right? No one works harder than old uh, Papa Romeo. Yes, sir. 
old Papa Romeo and I get it's your both your parents, right? Oh, yep, they yep. they own Pamela. Uh, own and operate Romeo's Fine Arts Cuts and Frames, and it's located now. Where where is it located now, Tom? It's, right it's on, over. Yep, it's on for Valley people Ford that are Road. familiar with the right. area. Are uh, pretty close to the high school. They actually used to be in the shopping center across, right on Valley Forge. Uh, they moved down a couple lights. Now they're at their shopping center of uh, um, it's like Allentown, Allentown yeah. and Valley Forge. Yep, the Blue Dogs in there. The CVS is there. So. Nice. We're and we're gonna Ray's have a link. pizzas in there. Yeah, and we're gonna have a link to their website in the description of this episode. So uh, people go in there like to check out. Like, look, it adds to your home. I know that we have uh, like one of the people we're interviewing next week on the show does a lot of like uh, staging of houses and things like that. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing staging of houses, trying to flip houses and things, it matters like the decor that you use. Oh yeah, absolutely. even sure, e- even the decor of your own home. So these guys have sure. been—they've been in business. How long have your parents had the shop, Tom? Um, as far back as I can remember, man, they've been yeah. in business just about 30 years, you know, yeah. uh, raised a family of three kids on it. So, yeah. you know, uh, really yeah. just family mom and owned dad and operated. Had a, they, uh, they, they, operate it. they do uh, framing services, like they'll frame. Oh yeah. Picture, yeah. Uh, yeah. Custom yeah. art framing. Um, they, mm-hmm. you know, if you want something from Michael's or something chintzy, go there, but you know, you want something yeah, nice. That, yeah. You want we some handmade old, shit uh, by my, a guy my, who knows this shit. <laughs> my, my wife, uh, was able to find it and bought a map of like Roxborough Manion from like 1900. And we've been looking Ew. for some place to get a frame. So this uh, seems like a good, good, it, good spot. Yeah, man. Any uh, knickknacks, any wedding gifts, any anything, man. They do a pretty good job. Personalizations. My, yeah. my mother will entertain you up front, and my dad will do the workout back. So yes, that his works. mother, Miss Romeo. Shout out to her, great, great mother. But she's also an entertaining person. Very cool. Very cool. Nice. And like honestly, too, what you do. A lot of times, I've seen this, and it happened in my family where pictures, like my mom and my grandma, had gotten custom paintings done, like. The pastel, like not, or like the real paint kind of gimmicks, right? Had gotten custom paintings done of them for each other as like a gift. And they're like handed down like family heirlooms kind of thing. So what your family does, like it isn't cheap. And the paintings and the pictures and the things that they frame, they're supposed to last. So like, you know, say Mm -hmm. like your grandma gives you this. It was probably framed by your family. It's going to last generations. And you're providing this for families. And that's a great thing. So very yep. cool, man. And that's good to hear that it's a family business that survived all these years and was able to thrive. And they're just, you know, doing doing what they love, working and raising a family. That's the American dream, brother. Glad to hear. Hell it. yeah. But that being said, uh, and Pete, you can attest to this because you grew up working at a family owned business. Sure did. Uh, being that you're a child that of a family that owns their own business, you kind of came with some free labor. Is that right in a way? Oh, mm. uh, look, I got paid very well under the table, under minimum wage. It was a, a good five dollars an hour. Right. Allegedly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some. Oh, th- don't worry, see the statute of limitations on uh, tax oh, that's uh, right, you fraud are, are, are seven years, so we're, we're oh, well you know past that. it. Hell yeah. yeah. What Hell about yeah. you? What about you, Tommy? So give us give us some insight. So what did you learn? How did you like? How was the feeling? Because my dad. So uh, for people that don't know, my dad was a veteran and he's, he was also blind. Right. So as part of being a, a disabled veteran, what the government does is it sets you up with a government job, i.e. what he would do is that he would run uh, like a deli slash like snack bar kind of place in a government building. So the one building that he ran 
was the uh, the Social Security building down at Third and Spring Garden, right? Hell yeah. So you would go there, and it's kind of like a coffee shop. It has, like, you know, the fridges with all the sodas you can buy, all the chips and candies, and they sold, like, hot dogs and pretzels and everything like that. It was kind of like, like you know, like a mini deli. They just didn't make sandwiches. But either way, when he was working there, like, I worked for him at a time, right? And it, it is, like, if it's your family's place, it is kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there is that aspect at first. But then there's also like, all right, you got to fucking work. You know what I mean? And like, you're, it's your dad being like, you, what the fuck? Why isn't this stock? I told you to do this an hour ago. What you just yep. jerking yep. off over here. So like <laughs> it, it loses that, that kind of, you know, like that kind of like mystique really quick. So you yeah. started there at a young age though. So what did you learn? How did you like it? And like, you know, how, how do you think it molded you a little bit in the hardworking son of a bitch you are today? Yeah, absolutely, man. So uh, kind of like I was saying, learned all the work ethic, not just from uh, dad, but mom as well. Yeah. Uh, dad would work, you know, 60 hour minimum weeks, closer probably to 70 growing up. Hell so yeah. He, he fucking lived there then. Oh, yeah. A- absolutely. Um, so let's, you know, kind of just started as a babysitter uh, first, uh, first and foremost, even before work. Uh, dad would take us there because, you know, didn't feel like paying for a babysitter. We would hang out in the back room. Um, if anybody remembers, I know I mentioned the shopping center that their store was first in. Um, there was a West Coast video and a Dairy Queen. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. So West Coast video and Dairy Queen was Woo! basically my babysitter. Um, yeah. When my dad would take us to a <laughs> shop, we would go straight to the West Coast video. The guy there loved us, pop in an old school VCR and Hell just sit yeah. there. Uh, me and my brother with our backs up against the counter, staring right at the uh, um, staring right at the movie, man. And then off Dude. to Dairy Queen, catch some lunch and come back. So Dude, that was that, probably, yeah. yeah Dude, well, I'm just saying, like, could you imagine that now? Like your, your parents mm. would be fucking locked up if some Karen mm-hmm. caught them trying that bullshit. And we were uh, yep. totally far from calm, man. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. total to, need to be active, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, oh, man, yeah. so started, uh, started pretty much as a babysitter. And then, you know, first thing I ever did there was clean. So me and my brother would kind of sweep the store up. Uh, there all yeah. be all mm. kind of, you know, small, uh, frame clippings everywhere, glass, yep. Um, so me and Jay, you know, have to turn everything into a competition. Uh, so parents always have a big dumpster out back. So of course we're you. out there. That's right. Of course we're out there playing pig and we're throwing, you know, I, I can throw this piece of molding in the dumpster from here. I bet you can't do it. So I uh, started, started with cleaning woo! up, man. Then it turned into, uh, turned into cutting frames, uh, building frames, uh, cutting glass and putting people's pictures, um, inside of frames, you know, uh, matting so, up the back of it, stapling it and, and getting it ready to go out the door. So, man. so you were able, so eventually you started with like the mundane shit that they kind of just didn't want to do like cleaning up the shop, that kind of thing, like the starter stuff. Yep. But then eventually they taught you the trade of doing oh, yeah. the picture framing and stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so that's, sure like a, that's a unique skill to have, right? Sure. Like, is. People, it don't, is. It people is. don't know this. Like if you go to art school, like I, I believe like if you go to like fine art school and stuff like that, they teach you how to handle like mm-hmm. like these priceless works of art. You know yeah. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they like mm-hmm. they can't mm-hmm. be exposed to certain elements. They have to be treated very yep. delicately, like all these things. Yep. Yep. And that's kind of like like the framing is a big part of that. And that's something you were able to learn. That's a very sure. unique skill. That's really cool, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely, you know, uh, as far as my parents go, definitely some satisfaction, you know, um, just from them, you know, being able to raise our family. Um, yeah. and do a pretty good job, pretty much Hell drive, yeah. not just yeah. really survive, I, man. So. Would, would you say, too, and I always thought this, in a family spot, like, your parents having new kids in the shop, that upselled, like, a motherfucker. It Big time. To. Yeah. 
when they see these little these little like you know they're like hey you guys thought you guys were italian why do you have these spanish kids running around you know what (laughs) i mean it's like when i was there yeah now i um i never you know never really long stints of me working there but helping out dad for sure over the years a little bit here a little bit there kind of a stopgap to fill jobs when i was you know didn't have a job of course of course when he Um, needed you he could call on you which is the best thing so nice and i was never paid once man which i didn't expect to be and that's okay with me i mean you got to you that Brazilian kid in the back, we think he might be stealing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to eat and, and live, and uh, you know, got clothes and all that stuff, though. So I think yeah. kind of it makes you. I just think it makes it makes people see when you go in there and see like kids like that. You you know this man's in there for the right reasons. Yeah. He's doing it the best he can. You're and not then, going uh, in there to some dickhead that just clocked in and hates his boss. And agreed. this guy Tate really puts in you know effort because his family depends on it. You know, yeah. you can tell the passion and the agree. Yeah, I agree. That sticks out for sure. So nice, awesome, man. So let's keep it moving then. So after Romeo Fine Arts, so your legit first paycheck job was you were a Papa John's pizza maker. And you you worked there for a couple months and then something happened. So can you explain to us, so Papa John's pizza maker, (laughs) can you explain to us why you were fired abruptly only after three months? So, um, yeah, very, very short stint um, at Papa John's. Very entertaining. Uh, we'd shout out to my buddy J-Dub earlier, who we all know. J-Dub. So He actually had already worked there um, and suggested that I apply there. Now, I know yeah. I mentioned earlier, J- uh, Justin's a year and a day older than me, so that kind of plays mm. into this story a little bit as well. <clears throat> um, so kind of like Matt was saying, I started Papa John's, putting an application, uh, put all of my credentials down, my correct birthday, um, all of that stuff, right? So I was there about three to four months. Uh, we have a little uh, meeting one day in the middle of a shift. You know, the big wigs are in there who it's the first time I met the guy. Uh, but, you know, they have us doing kind of paperwork and all. Um, and at the end of this meeting, uh, you know, you had to put your birth date down on the paperwork. So at the end of this meeting, they pulled me aside and said, hey, man, um, you know, we're going to have to let you go. You're no longer able to work here. Uh, you're not 16 years old yet. Oh, my God. So, yeah. And you'd been working there for like three months at this point. Yeah, yeah. I'd say between like three and four months. Yeah. yeah. Damn good at it, man, too. I don't, Hell I don't yeah. Know. You had yeah, your pizza yeah, game so. down. You're yeah, like, look, if you don't keep me on the payroll, I'm going to call up the state and tell them that you've been hiring a 15-year-old illegally <laughs> the past three months. Yeah, not only were you hiring an immigrant, but you were hiring Ooh. a... <laughs> That's right. Poor That's 15-year-old right. boy. So I... Wow. Uh, wow. So, man, that was an experience for me, right? So here I am. Like, what the hell? You No shit, I'm not 16. Like, yeah, you're fucking mad, like, buddy. Duh, I wrote no. it on the fucking application. Yeah. 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 So he goes back and he's like, well, yeah, you're right. Your initial application. So uh, long story short, man, Papa John's stint was short. I was entertaining working there with my buddy, Justin. And, um, you know, just kind of answered phones, made pizzas, put the toppings on the pizzas, pulled the shit out on the other end, sliced it up, put a sticker on a box, and I handed it to the delivery guy. And put the sauce and the pepper gimmick in there? Dealing with people. Oh. Yep, yep. Dealing with people, man. Uh, You're going to see a common theme of all my jobs is just people, 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 man. That's nice. Well, you're a people person. So, (laughs) okay, so let's keep it moving. So after you were abruptly fired from Papa John's, you got a job working at a Getty gas station as a gas station attendant. Now, I will say this. So you are the second person that, so this isn't, so in New Jersey, gas station attendance is a job that it's a must because you're not allowed to pump your own gas in New Jersey. Bullshit. Agreed. But in Pennsylvania, that's not a thing. So it's they very, very, trust us. very rare to see a gas station attendant. That being said, mm-hmm. Tommy is the Matt, second. Matt, can I give a quick 
Can yeah. I give a quick story about this too? So uh, you guys oh. like this. When I was at Trexel, you know, um, you know, I, I had some. I, I went to Trexel with some guys from Jersey. With some 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 Jersey guys were on the wrestling team, and we went to a party at uh, Temple. And uh, my one buddy Joey's from Jersey, and he stops to get gas. You know, the middle like it's like twentieth and Diamond. We, we stop at this uh, Sunoco to get gas. <laughs> Probably he gets out not and, the safest place, but keep going. Yeah. He had never pumped his own gas before, so he gets out of his car. A homeless guy goes up, and he's about to give the homeless guy his credit card. Again, I'm like, Eddie, oh, don't give that guy your credit God. card. And he's like, well, <laughs> who's going to pump my gas? I'm like, no, man, you have to pump your gas yourself. So, you know, the homeless guy goes away, <laughs> and then that? I get back into the car, and he stands there for a good, like, five minutes just, like, looking around the car. Like, he has no idea what to do. And I'm like, you know what? This is the one time we're on the car, guru. So I get out. I'm like, look, here, push this, pop it open, fill it up. But, yeah. If uh, if you're from Jersey, yes. learn how to pump your own gas every, before you go to Temple every University. Every person has a dumbass Jersey experience <laughs> with some dumbass that doesn't know how to pump gas. I'm like, isn't it just a common theme? But anyway. <laughs> yeah. So either way, uh, like I was saying, Thomas here is the second gas station attendant that we've had. Or second person that was a gas station attendant on the show. The previous gas station attendant was friend of the show, great guest of the show, Mr. Carl Bowers. And he worked at a gas station, which is known as the North Wales service station that was in North Wales, which is no longer yeah. there. But he worked there. He actually built the sign above the North Wales oh, service station. It's still there, but yeah. keep going. No, but it's not a gas station anymore. It's just a no, shop. It's still a service. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. still a shop and not a gas station. It Correct. is still yeah. called that, though, right? The North Wales yes, service? The North, yes, yeah. it is. So that yes, wooden sign above the door, he built that. Either no way. Shit. I yeah. never knew they had pumps there, to be honest. Yeah, a long time this ago. This was back in, like, the yeah, the 70s when he worked there. So, yeah, yeah, back when you could take your girl out for a dime. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So either way, but he had brought up when he was working there, he actually got to learn a lot because as a gas station attendant back then, you were filling up the gas, you were like wiping the windshields, you're checking the oil, checking oil, filling up tires. Yeah, you're rotating and filling up tires, like doing all these things. And you got there was a shop there as well. So you got to work in the shop and things like that. So for Uh you being that you had the same type of job almost in the same area, like 30 years later, so 20 something years later. What was your experience like? Were you learning something? Was this like a like a valuable skill you picked up? Like, how did you view being the gas station attendant? And what was like your kind of role as the gas station attendant? Yeah, well, first of all, every job I've ever had, I've, I've taken a lot of pride in. Um, you always want to do the best Good. job you can, regardless of what it is. Whether, That's you know, whether it's cleaning you got toilets, mopping the floors. Facts. Yeah, exactly. Because you got to do it all, you know, yep. uh, if you own a business. But uh, pretty similar, Matt, uh, my experience working at the gas station, man. Um, but, you know, I know it kind of started with um, uh, Jersey has, you know, uh, full service. Yeah. Uh, the gas station I had worked at also had full service. I think Hell you mentioned yeah. that. One of the few remaining ones in the yep. area. Um, so there was yeah. actually a little air hose that would, there was one at the beginning of the pumps and one at the end of the pumps. Um, there was an air hose that when cars would run over, you hear the <laughs> ding, ding. So, you know, it's time. Yep. You know, it's time to walk out and there's someone pulling up to a pump. Uh, so it started with pumping gas, uh, pretty simple, pretty easy. Now we're talking, you know, uh, back in the day, old school, the pumps weren't digital, right? Yeah. Hell so yeah. Have, and most of them didn't even have the handle where you could do the automatic thing, run away for five, you know, two yep, minutes yeah. and come back. So here you are, you got, um, there's eight pumps, right? Cause you got four pumps on either side. People could pull up. So there's eight pumps. Yeah. That's some skill out there, man. You oh got, yeah. You know, Joe Smo over here getting five of this. You got other guy over here getting 10 bucks of this. So I'm starting him at 10 bucks. I'm running over, starting him at five bucks, stopping him at like four fifty Cause I know the tens about to hit. Yeah. I'm running and back. You, you have to stop it yourself. There. Yeah. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, and so if it this goes is over, some fucking skill. Oh, back yeah, in the day, yeah. it was an art form to see it. Like he's saying, see a guy work the pumps when they're, when they're bumping, to see a guy jump from Ooh. pump to pump. Oh, you were yeah. like, oh, so I, I would turn it into a game. Hell yeah. um, and over uh-huh. time, man, you know, you got repeat customers, man. Yep. Um, so you have people that end up loving you. You got Tipping cars you. that are pulling in from across the parking lot. You're like walking to the bathroom so somebody else can pump them, um, you know. Uh, so it kind of started just with pumping gas. Um, of course, checking fluids was a big thing. Uh, yep. Changing oil we had to do. Not oil changes, but filling oil up. Yeah, yeah. Um, repairing tires um always like repairing the the front tires versus the back because the front ones you can kind of have them you know turn right or left mm-hmm. a lot easier yeah. spray the windex on wherever it bubbles up you know that's where the hole is and then i'd plug it real quick ah, um, so that was kind of the day plugs. job man that's right yeah, yeah. i gained tires. a little trust there um at the end of the night you know i gained a little trust uh from the guy that owned the place and he would let me run the numbers right so i would add up all the numbers see how much we made um off of gas that night yep. Um, and off of selling, you know, uh, the, the snacks or whatever's in yeah. the, um, in a concession area. And man, I'll tell you, I remember writing down numbers of 79 cents, 89 cents, 99, a dollar nine. Uh, those Different are time. The, the prices of gas, man. Yeah. Um, so we've definitely gotten away from that a little Dude, bit. Dude, bro. Um, so, but, so this just shows, and I will say this, this shows, and this is a testament to your parents, like we said, but this shows the caliber of your work ethic, work ethic, mm-hmm. and you as an employee, because you're mm-hmm. 16 at this time, right? Mm-hmm. Not too mm-hmm. many shop owners are entrusting, you know, counting the numbers and taking care of this, yep. this kind of responsibility to a 16 year old kid who's, you know, like we're fucking a bunch of stunads at that point. But yeah. you, kind especially of when you're to... working with a 35 to 40 year old, yeah. and I'm the one that's in charge of running the numbers, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so nice. fast forward to the evening when the mechanics leave, right? So the mechanics are there all day. I um, love chopping it up with the mechanics, love yeah. shooting the shit with them. You yeah. know, kind of got a foundation of, of old school music from them. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, you know, old school, like, man, just kind of old school laborers. Right? Old yeah, school the way laborers. people talk. The, yeah. Um, the, got an introduction the, to yeah. the whole, like, the world of, like, you know, sex education. The real world. That, the other <laughs> yeah. thing. You got some all these dudes talk. Yeah, dude. All these dudes talk Have about. Have you ever seen drink, the Donkey Show? Tommy. And, and, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. No, you're, dude. You're right. We had uh, another guest of the show, Josh Lawler, had a similar kind of first job where he worked in a like a like a like you know he worked. They would repair like uh, construction equipment was the place he worked at. But he was saying a similar thing. Like he's a young kid being around adults all day that talk like adults, right? So it was kind of like you're inducted into that. And if you weren't like squealing, like saying, oh, you're cursing, whatever, you're kind of like, they, one they of let boys. you roll. Yeah, they let you like, roll. All right. He's all right. Uh, yeah. The first time you're around, around yeah. yeah, the first time you're around adults that aren't your parents and aren't your coach and talk to you like you're an adult, you're like, holy fuck, they're all just like me. <laughs> yep. Yep. Hell yeah, Pete. Nice. And then yeah. when you let it fly a little bit, which you can't do around your parents, you let it fly <laughs> yeah. a little bit, you get some they other people it. laughing, but and you're then, like, okay, this it. is how it really is. Yeah, oh, but, yeah. Um, but then you were coming back, too, telling your boys, like, guys, do you know what a fucking yeah. monkey punch is? Yeah. Oh, hell, hell yeah. yeah. Let's fucking yep. Houdini these bitches, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> French style? I'll never yeah. forget it, man. I work with this older gentleman. Um, his name was Stuart, man. I love this guy. Uh, he was mid-70s. What? Yeah, when Stewie? I worked there, he was mid seventies. So we're talking, you know, sixty years. My old head, I'm, I'm in the teens, and he was an old Navy, uh, retired Navy dude. Love it. Respect. Love it. 
But, man, this guy was the biggest hornball, I guess, you could say <laughs> I've ever met in my life, yo. I'm talking anything that pulls in there from 16 to 86, he's trying uh, to fuck it. Yeah, absolutely right, Stu. All right, Stu. Absolutely shot. Hell yeah. Stu, re- Stu real as fuck. Yo, but I bet uh, so Tommy, Stu- you'll, you'll like this. There was a – back when I was a teenager, you know, I worked with an older Italian man uh, at my Hell dad's yeah. deli. They're and, you know, it, it got to the point where, you know, he was getting to to, to 80 and his family <laughs> wanted to go move to a retirement community. He didn't want to do it. He's like, no, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very self-sufficient. I don't want to go to a Italian community or, or sorry, a retirement community. And then one day he comes and he goes, Pete, did you know that these retirement communities are 80 percent female? I'm like, I, I've heard. And he goes, so uh, I put you my house up my uh, this week. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you end up getting him into that homer? Oh, no, yeah, he got into the home, and then he would tell me all about his exploits, like, you know, like, the next day. I'm like, dude, I, 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 yeah, like, I, 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 I'm happy for you, but you're 80, and she's 80. Petey, this girl, she touched my chiffondel. You should have <laughs> yeah. seen her. You're like, calm down there, Roscoe, calm like, down. Well, what he would, say, he would use the, the lunch. He would, <laughs> he would say lunch for for their breasts. He'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, we had a nice lunch the other day. I'm like, what, Hell what's yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah nice or he would do the soccer thing. He'd come in and he would just put his fist up there and go, score! <laughs> I don't care. Oh, that's yeah, I've best. been in many of uh, many a different nursing homes over the years, man, for two of the jobs I had. Um, one, the one I have now and a previous one, man. So um, those places are not boring at all. Complete nah. entertainment. Any nursing yep. home you ever they get. get down. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Media running Condoms wild. all over the place. Yeah. 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 A lot yeah. Of it's like the Olympic Village at those places. <laughs> You know, <laughs> Jesus. All right, fans, time for a break in the action to bring you one of our new segments. This is Give It a Shot with our good friend Bob Quinn. If you're sick of wasting time surfing on streaming services, finding nothing, then going to another streaming service and doing the same damn thing, then you need to start giving shit a shot. On this new segment, Give It a Shot with Bob Quinn, Bob will give us some suggestions on what to watch so you stop wasting time surfing and start enjoying those subscriptions that you've been stealing. Bob, give us a shot. I'm coming at you today with this one. It's a coming-age tale featuring Shia LaBeouf, Dakota Johnson. It's called Peanut Butter Falcon. This one will tug at the heartstrings. Runtime about one hour, 37 minutes. What I'm telling you is give it a shot. All right, and that was Give It a Shot with our good friend Bob Quinn. Now, back to the show. Yeah, so let's keep it moving, though. So you're working as a gas station attendant, doing well there. You end up leaving that job, and then you go to be a pizza delivery guy at Franconi's Pizza, right? Shout out. So this is just like one of your regular pizza joints. You know, they had the pizzas, the steaks, all that kind of stuff. Family-owned joint. (laughs) Family-owned joint. So what kind of thing, uh, as a delivery guy, you're driving, you're doing all this stuff, you're working for tips mostly. So how did you like working in a kitchen atmosphere? Because that's kind of similar to the auto garage where you're cutting it up, talking the shit, doing like the talk and all that. Except this time you're – oh, go ahead, man. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say, so this time you're cutting it up with with girls your age, right? Yeah. Girls from 16 yes. to 40 instead what, of males what, what, what? from like 40 to 60, man. Yes, exactly. Um, so there's a female element involved in things like let's that. Let's go. You're, you're the good looking, you're the good looking young Hell Italian yeah. He's the Italian So how did you like delivering pizzas? And this is while you're in high school as well and you're playing yep. football. And, Senior year of high school, man. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of the town stud doing your Hell thing. Hell yeah. So uh-huh. what did, how'd you like it? How was your experience? What did you learn? 
um, I loved it, man. I loved every job I've ever had, man. Again, try to do it to the best of my ability. Uh, man, nice. what was my actual job? Shit. Uh, delivering food for the yeah. most part. Uh, when yeah. you're not delivering food, you come back to the uh, uh, place and you're, um, you're washing dishes. Yep, you're yeah. washing dishes. Um, and that's pretty much it, man. That's your job. Deliver food and then wash dishes. So and of spit game to the biddies. Yeah. yeah, we're getting there. Um, so that, that was a, you know, that was a big part of it, man. Just, uh, we had a, a group of attractive young girls that worked there. Hell yeah. Uh, definitely hung out with more than one of them more than once. That's right. Um, you yeah. know, outside of work. So that, that was a, a plus of working there. Right. And yeah. worked in the restaurant. You, you industry, took them sure to church, late. right? You were saying, when you hung out with them, nuts. you took yeah. them to church. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 And not Sunday, on Sunday, no. you know? No, not on Sunday. The old Saturday night Um, service. But in addition to the um, uh, to delivering food and all, man, again, like kind of like you said, customer service, right? Mm -hmm. So you're constantly dealing with people. um, You know, kind of in between deliveries, I'd hop on the grill. Uh, My favorite thing to do is a a chicken cheesesteak with pepperonis cut up in it. Oh. at about there two of is. those a day, um, you know, would hop in my car, go deliver some food. I'm um, used to del- deliver some party favors to friends and acquaintances as well. Sure, uh, so sure. it was kind of cool being out yeah. on the road. So you're like, I got some extra uh, mozzarella sticks. I'm going to swing by Tony's house, yeah. hook them up. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, right. send Tony on the delivery. I want extra, extra cheese. Let him know the extra, extra. Tell him yeah, I yeah, want man. the extra mozzarella. So, so once in uh, a while you get invited into a party, right? You might deliver 10, sure. 15 pizzas. You know, you may have some older guys playing poker in the basement <laughs> drinking. Hey, come on in, man. Next thing you know, you're in there and there's some older like, women hey, there drinking. Sport. Yeah. Damn, I'm about to get a job right now delivering pizzas. This sounds fantastic. Yeah. I'm sold. Sure does. Sure but does. That was so, it, man. Just kind of your standard uh, pizza delivery boy. Real, uh, yeah. Wanna talk about this real quick because uh well it's gonna be an instant it's gonna be something that's gonna be talked about. So okay. uh we had a former guest on the show and we're airing his episode soon. Or or at this point we would have aired his episode, but uh former guest of the show, friend of the show, Vinny Traveline, aka Vinny Ravioli. And Vinny Ravioli is a big fan of the cheesesteaks himself. And he's also an advocate of putting mayo on the cheesesteak. And I would just just like to know, I would just like to ask, uh, 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 Pete, I think the world is well aware of your opinion. Uh, I believe I'm quoting here when you said that you don't, you support Michael Vick's rehab, but you didn't support him hurting dogs, just like you support cheesesteaks, but you don't support putting mayonnaise on cheesesteaks. So you're comparing putting mayonnaise on cheesesteaks to underground dog fighting, a.k.a. you're abusing cheesesteaks by putting mayonnaise on them. Is that I stand right? by that statement 100%. Right. And I so, back you, Pete. Okay. So, uh, Thomas, your thoughts, mayonnaise on a cheesesteak. That's a violation, man. Straight violation. up. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I, I like it dry, man, for whatever that's worth. No We're ketchup? Talking um, eh, I'll do ketchup on a, on a hot dog or the something. The cheesesteak uh, has the grease. You don't need anything all, else. Yeah, you also Pete don't do ke- the meat. You got to do the red sauce on, on a cheesesteak there, man. You don't Ooh, do the ketchup. Oh, gravy. Oh, oh, you're a pizza steak, man. That's Tommy Plugs. But, uh, Tommy Plugs. <laughs> but no, man, simple answer. No mayo for me uh, anywhere, yeah. not just on a cheesesteak. Uh, oh, and for anybody that's never that tried nice. it. For anybody yep. that's never tried it, chicken cheesesteak with pepperonis cut up in it. It can't be the big It can't be, it can't yeah. be the, the wheels. That's you got to right. dice them. I like nah. that. What kind it of cheese you there. going with that? Is it American? Uh, I, I believe so. Yeah, I think that's normal. Yeah, yeah. Normal. I would just order it yep. normal. Um, I hope shout out to Tony's again. Pizzeria Palace Ooh, down the place. Uh, makes Tony's the best chicken cheesesteak out. Tony's Pizza Palace. They got a good Sicilian there, too. 
So, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm liking everything yeah, I'm hearing so. from Tommy so far. He's a good cheesesteak man. Yeah. Hell so, yeah. Pete's with it. Pete I won't begrudge. Pete I, like, I'm, I'm not a peach sauce guy myself, but if he wants to reach into the wall, Hell yeah. pull the cheese, the sauce <laughs> out from where him and Jason <laughs> hit it, you know. And, and, I like it. I there like you it. go. Uh, right. Hey, you know who has good cheesesteaks that I actually didn't think? Uh, last night we hit the Sixers game, the playoff game. Uh, got yeah. a cheesesteak there. Shout it's out. Way better than I thought it was going to be. Way where? better. No, oh, hell yeah. You, you were uh, at the, the Sixers game, game last night. Oh, yeah, he was oh at the okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, you yeah. got it at the at the Wachovia Center, right? Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, Wells Fargo. Yeah. Wells Fargo. That would be uh, – that, that is an Aramark like establishment. Ago. There you go. Oh, <laughs> you mean Court State Bank Center, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a spectrum. spectrum. You want yeah, the spectrum? Yeah, hit it back to the spectrum. But, yeah. uh yeah, man. I got a lot. I, I'll go chicken cheesesteak over cheesesteak, man. But uh, no matter. Nobody's right. perfect, Tommy. But you're right. close. Yeah. Far from it. <laughs> so let's let's, keep, let's keep it moving. So let's talk about this. And Tommy, uh, if you want to, if you don't want to talk about this, it's fine. I'll edit this out of the episode if you want. But we're coming to a point hey, in your up? life where an incident occurred, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a very, very big incident. I believe it got national media attention. It was kind of at, uh, this wasn't really the social media era yet, but nope. it, But like uh, news, could, there was like AOL Instant Messenger and emailing and things like that. So kind of news could travel and, fast. And Matt, it, it, it touches on a theme that, that we've hit on a couple of episodes too, you know, an important theme for people. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agreed. We, yeah. Agreed. We talked about it recently. So mm-hmm. uh, re, uh, we've, we've aired an episode with a friend of ours, good friend of the show, uh, Eddie Rappo. Right. And on the Eddie Rappo episode, he talked about an incident that changed his life that he regrets every day where he was a young man and he had gotten into a fight and he would end up hurting uh, the guy he fought and the guy he fought would end up would end up would end up passing away. And Eddie would get charged with second degree manslaughter and have to serve time. Right. And this was just he was a young kid. He was 19 at the time. It's just kids being kids and, and kids fight. Right. And it happens, but we brought it up on the show where there's major consequences in those times. Tom, you're looking at a similar scenario here where there was a big fight that happened between rival schools and Uh it was, uh, you know, kind of, it kind of got out of hand and then Tom would end up having to serve time as well. He was in for three and a half months, right? He was in uh, County for three and a half months and yep. there were some kids that got hurt and things like that. And it was a decision that you made. And I'm assuming you regret it as well, because things like that get out of hand. But in the moment, you don't know what's going on. Had you gone back, Eddie Rappo had said his one advice to kids is that had he gone back, he would have walked away in a second. Had he got to do it over again, he would walk away in a second. It doesn't make you the weaker man. doesn't take away from you. If anything, he would say it made you stronger. So you're coming in a similar scenario. We won't say a lot about what happened, but it was something similar. No one was killed, thank God, um, or severely injured. But there was a scenario where you were in, involved in a fight that occurred with young kids. You were still in high school at the time or just graduated, right? Just graduated? And yeah, yeah, yep. So you're one year removed from high school. This occurs. You end up having to serve three and a half months. You get done your prison sentence, and when you get done sentences like that, you can go one of two ways. You can go down the shitter and ruin your life, or you can pick yourself up by your bootstraps and get your shit back together. And I think, look, you know, and seeing your story, I believe that's what you did. So you served your time. You got out of jail. 
Uh, is there, before we move on to your job after you got out, is there anything you want to say about the incident and what, and the time you served? Uh, yeah, yeah, man, I can touch on it real quick. Um, so I guess we kind of rolled into there. Uh, let's start at Franconi's, right? So I'm actually delivering yeah. food one, uh, one night and I get a call from my father, um, from Romeo's Fine Arts. He's still at work, of course, uh, late at night. Um, and he says, Hey, uh, somebody just came into my office and told me you're facing about 10 to 20 years in prison, uh, for a couple assault charges. Um, immediately wow. I just kind of froze up as I'm delivering food and I go, dad, what, what, what are you talking about? So my dad, you know, he knows a lot of people in the area. Um, had a lawyer come in that had already heard about, you know, the scenario, uh, came into his job and um, and said, hey, you know, I, I heard your son's name uh, as part of this. So, of course, I denied it first. Dad, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and yeah. then he gives me the month and the always day. Always a good move. Yeah, right. You yeah. always got to deny it. Always a caught, good right? move. So Nine, then, yeah. um, then he tells me the day and the month it happened um, and rewind in my head to that day and that month. Um, yeah, yeah. So I had actually just to touch on what you said, Matt. Um, I had turned uh, just graduated high school uh, about two weeks earlier uh, and turned uh, 18 about three weeks prior. Jesus. Um, so here we are uh, late, late June. And um, uh, long story short, you know, it was a fight between two high schools. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go into, you know, specific details and all, but long story to. short. Yeah, lo- yeah. Plus, it's a real long story. Uh, yeah. But long story short, a couple kids got hurt um, and the police found out about it. So, yeah. Uh, you know, those kids that got hurt, uh, one of the individual's father was actually um, a Bucks County. Um, I don't know if he was a police officer or, or what he was, but he was in law enforcement in Bucks yeah. County. Yeah. Um, so and what, well, you know, one of his kids had a broken jaw. So, of course, not only were they going to prosecute, but they're going to do it to the fullest. Here you have yeah. kind of two rival uh, football teams and, you know, yeah. they're, they're getting in a fight here. Um, so, yeah, man, um, uh, just due to me turning 18 about three weeks before this happened, went to a series of court dates, you know, fingers got pointed from different people at different people. Uh, we'll just leave that at that. And um, because I was now an adult, um, um, I got a, I got a, a jail sentence. Uh, so I think three three of us uh, were adults and all got jail sentences and about eight to 10 other people got like boot camp weekends because they weren't 18 yet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, did, did three and a half months in uh, Bucks County. Uh, which to me was just kind of like a, you know, day camp with, um, you know, with, with, with some, uh, with criminals, with, with some idiots to be, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Some crim Yeah. Yeah. I guess we're all criminals at would, that point. Cause we are in jumpsuits and are behind bars. Would you say um, you're experiencing there at a young age? So, so, okay. I will say this and I haven't talked about it this much, but uh, I had gotten mm-hmm. an offer to go pro for boxing. I was 28 at the time. Right. I rejected the offer because I had gone to a fight and I was cornering for my trainer, this guy named Harry Joe York, right? And when I was cornering for him, there was another guy there fighting. His name's Mike Stewart. He had been on the contender and he was actually fighting for a North American title that night where he would win. And I had met him with like uh, my, my, uh, one of my other trainers and the owner of uh, Hensel Gracie PA Academy, Rich Lotta would actually be would be his cut man for his fight that night. So before the fight, though, we had to meet with Mike and kind of iron everything out. We're talking to him. And, you know, and there was another couple other guys there that I had seen that were just they were just so punch drunk and just so affected by the sport that to me, I was like, I can't I, I'm I don't want that, you know, and it could very well go that way. I started to see things you know, like things happened to me physically and things like that, that I was like, I could see that, you know, I don't want this to happen. So and it kind of scared me straight. Would you say your experience in County was kind of a wake up call that scared you straight? That was like, this isn't my life. 
this isn't where I belong. This isn't where I end up. I'm better than this. And I'm going to prove it after I get out of here. Is that kind of a scenario you think you went through? Yeah, hundred percent, man. Uh, pretty much spot on. Um, you know, you, you're sitting in there, um, you know, there's always, there's always going to be 24 hours in the day, but in there, man, they just feel twice as long. Uh, so you got some time to think, of course. So, you know, at a young age, you're thinking a lot. Um, but long story short, man, yeah, did three and a half months, uh, kind of told myself, you know, uh, when I get out of here, you know, I'm going to change some things. Um, you know, definitely not as serious as the, uh, your other guests that you mentioned where somebody had passed away. Um, but you know, yeah. uh, definitely, you know, had an assault charge on my record from injuring somebody. Yeah. Um, so no and good that follows you. Um, yeah. And yeah. And, and I think the reason why it's, why it's important to touch on this is cause like, like we're all guys, right. We've all kind of come up with, you know, wrestling football, whatever, like in yeah. fights happen, you know what I mean? Like I was a bouncer, like, and, and, you don't think it's a big deal. You know, you're like, okay, we're just getting into this thing, but the serious things can happen. And it's kind of scary. Like, you know, you, when you look back on it, like there's so many times you look back and you're just like, Oh my God, what was I doing? And you just want to like reach back and grab that young kid and like, don't do it. You know, but you know, and, uh, but yeah, you know, now we're moving on. It's it's great. But that's, that's why it's always good. It's always good to learn from others. You know what I mean? Because uh, like, you know, if you, if you rely on yourself for learning for everything, then you're always going to miss out. on. I've never been in a fight. So, okay. So let's keep it moving. So like we said, you, uh, you would learn and grow from that incident. And after you got out, you, uh, you started working, you were on work release for a little bit, but you got a job detailing cars. So what were your thoughts? How did you like detailing cars and doing all that? What did you think? What was your experience? What did you learn? Yeah, so actually uh, segued straight from the work release. That was my work release job was detailing cars. Um, So they would let me out about 10 hours a day. Um, After the first month I was in there, the last two and a half were uh, were on work release. Yeah. so yeah, man, I, again, um, something I took pride in. I loved it. Um, yeah. at first I, ha- I didn't even know what detailing a car meant. Um, I just yeah. know I, I worked next door to the car wash. Um, yeah. so, you know, yeah. um, hand washing a, cool a lot, thing, right? right? Yeah. Oh, I loved it, dude. We had hand wash cars, uh, but detailing, you know, it's just really cleaning the, the shit out of every crack and every crevice inside. Um, but yeah. what I honestly got more satisfaction was, uh, was, uh, detailing the outside of cars, man. I yeah. uh, would have guys bring in cars, you know, they've had for one year, five years, 10 years, you know, maybe some old school, you know, 67 Chevelle or whatever, or old school stuff where the Hell paint's yeah. a little faded. And um, I loved it, man. Um, I love bringing paint back. Uh, makes the car look like it came just right off the lot. Uh, nice. You get rid of them spider webs and all, yeah. all different colored cars. Uh, and it takes time too, man. So, you know, there's a whole process to it, like everything. So I had to learn that process. Um, but again, the, customer yeah. customer service, man. Always dealing with people. Uh, nonstop. Yeah. You got to please people, man. Yeah, dude. But I'll tell you what, that seems like that type of job seems like one of those extremely gratifying jobs, right? Where like you see the product of your work in front of you and like you're able to see it, like see the progression, see how it goes. To me, that seems yeah. like it'd be very much like one of those things like, damn, that's fucking cool. And I'll tell you what, there is like, that is like, there's an art form to that, man. Cause like, you'll take Absolutely. a car in there that looks like a fucking jalop. You, sp- you, sp- you spit shine that son of a bitch up. It's coming out there looking like it's a fucking Ferrari, you know? Yeah. yeah give it the hood wash, man. Windows and wheels and you're good to go. You know, but, that, um, no, so, was- stop with it. Yeah, That's former right. uh, former uh, so, former host of the show. Who is it? Uh, former horse host of the show, Shake worked at a dealership, and he he would preach to this that the number one thing for him was if you clean the wheels, it makes the car look brand new. Number one thing. 
Okay, so let's keep it moving then. So you got you were doing the detailing cars. You moved to now you were doing a job that this seems very very kind of like a niche thing. So you were a cross country mover, right? So yeah, yeah. like this seems like a very kind of like this is kind of one of those things where you see it, you're like, oh, this is a great idea for a job. Like p- people always need this. You know, I when I was seven, we moved here from California, so I know that we used a cross country mover. You know, so kind you of fly it all out, Matt. No, all hell no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, we need to get a truck for all my Legos. So, but uh, either way, um, what kind of things were you doing, and how did, how does it work? Do you like do you go to someone's house? Do you stock the truck up and then move like drive it to the next place? How does it work? Can you kind of give us a yep, rundown? Yep. Yeah, man. So I was a mover. Uh, got sick of detailing. Um, yeah. You know, when you're detailing, your body's twisted in all weird ways and all, yeah. you know, um, you're always bending over. So, you know, just yeah. wanted to get away from that, honestly. Um, but stepped right into moving where, um, you know, it's not like you're picking up light boxes or anything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, hopped on a uh, truck uh, with a very good friend of mine's father who's been doing it now about 35 uh, years. Um, so, you know, he's a long tenure driver. Yeah. Um, and we drove all over the country, man. So basically, uh, it was me and him. We were um, in a cab, right? So there's bunk beds in the cab there. It's a 52 foot trailer. Yeah. Uh, when that thing's full, it's about 35 to 40,000 pounds. And, nice. um, you know, driving all over the US, man, picking up one family, you know, let's say we pick them up in PA, maybe we move them down to Texas. Um, then maybe when you're in Texas, you don't know what's happening next, right? You might be in Texas, you get a call. Hey, you guys got to go pick up this family in West Virginia, move them down to Florida. Okay, cool. Uh, go to West Virginia, pick them up. Uh, you know, then you're in Florida. Hey man, we got a job in Louisiana. Uh, go get it. So that's, that's the way the, uh, uh, life on the road is, man. Yeah. So you're all over the place on the road the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, I was in about uh, 38 out of 50 states that year that I worked there. Now, not hanging out a lot. Wow. Yep, yep. Just kind of driving through, you know, uh, passing through a little bit. Did you make Midwest it to is... any of the Dakotas? Ooh. So, no. Where yeah. we didn't go, Pete, is kind of Dakotas. Montana. All the way to your left. And, uh, gotcha. and, yep. and that side of Nevada over. Pacific so Northwest right is where it got cut off. Yeah. yeah, you got it, man. You got it. Um, nice. And and all the way far northeast, not like Maine. What and was, oh, was their favorite stop? Was there a place you know, where here, you're like, oh, this is the place I could, you know. Oh, we're getting there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So real quick, uh, the best way for me to describe it, though, is uh, now I work for a gentleman, a uh, very good friend of mine's dad. So he has kids and he's married. So yeah. tough life, man. Uh, make a yeah. lot of money. Those guys, they hustle. He was a long tenure driver. So the income's definitely good. But rough life, man. Uh, growing up, missed all his kids' sporting events. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and all of his kids were in sports growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, talking to his wife on the phone. Hey, babe, uh, I'll be home in two days. You know, call her 20 minutes later. Hey, babe, just got a call. I'll be another week. So, you know, yeah. uh, definitely tough on the family life for sure. Yeah. Uh, my job was simple. I didn't have the CDL. I didn't drive the truck. Um, I laid in, in the, the back uh, bunk, the bottom bunk, um, you know, made peanut butter and jellies, ate Slim Jims, books. <laughs> Uh, and play PlayStation, <laughs> man. Um, and then we'd get out and, and our work uh, when we would get to a destination. Dude, you could read um, when you were driving because that makes me so sick every time I try it. 
Every time I try to read something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, anything uh, over like 20 minutes, half hour, which is kind of my, you know, I'm kind of the law of diminishing returns. Yeah, see, I'm, 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 uh, I I can read when, uh, my wife's driving. So she turned out to be the driver and I'm the passengers because she gets a little car sick and I don't. So I'm like, all right, I guess you're driving and I'll just be fucking around on Twitter. So fucking car sick. Oh, it's the worst. To me, there's also something a little bit more, um, it sinks in more when you actually read it versus hearing it. At least that's me. Everybody's different, but, you know, I know everybody loves the audio books and all. But I'd much rather physically Dude, have it love there it. with me. I can highlight fucking... stuff and but, you know, Tommy, do you, do you have the same thing where you have to read addict. the first paragraph four times before it catches? You're like, or you just keep reading. You're like, all right, now I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I'm that interested, yeah. But honestly, no. I was more. Let's just get to the bottom okay. of the page and on to the next one. <laughs> Man, um, look at you. So nice. Uh, okay. Good, good moving story. Um, okay, so, hit me. Uh, Dalton, Georgia. I'll never forget it. Twenty uh, first birthday. All um, right. On- on the road in Dalton, Georgia, was wait, with wait, my buddy's you were, father. You you, you turn. So this is May thirtieth in uh, yep. in Dalton, Georgia. This is your your exact twenty yep. first. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven is the. Ooh. Yep. So I'm twenty one. Um, we 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 did work that day. Uh, so I had to work that day. Not many days off, man. When you're on the road, uh, maybe yeah. a down day here or there. Uh, but even yeah. on those days, you're yeah. driving too. So not really a down day for the driver. Yeah. Uh, but Dalton, Georgia. Me, the guy I work for. Uh, one of his best friends that's actually from Philly, who uh, lived down in Florida, whose house we would stay at whenever we were in Jacksonville. Uh, but this time we were in Georgia, and he had a worker with him. So there's four of us. Uh, we go out to an Outback Steakhouse, and, you know, I guess you're supposed to drink 21 shots on your 21st birthday. Ooh, there you are. Um, yeah, man. So, you know, uh, anybody that's been to an Outback Steakhouse knows it usually starts with a Blooming Onion. Oh, right? yeah. Of course, the Blooming uh, Onion. Yep, yep. So that Blooming Onion did more than bloom that night. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, bloom twice, eh? <laughs> yeah, man. So we uh, we drank all 21 shots. Um, oh, and then this God was, uh, damn. You know, uh, don't think I was going to throw up, at least not uh, not yet. Um, but I guess this is a thing. After your 21st shot, they brought out, I think, from what I remember, was called like a lemon drop. Maybe. Oh, it was a yeah. shot mixed in with ice cream. So it was oh. ice cream. And it's like it's just supposed to make you throw up like that's, yep. that's what it's for. Yeah. Um, so long story short, man. And cream. Um, yeah. Yeah. Here we go. A bite or two of ice cream and I feel it coming. So immediately I get off of my chair um, and I start scurrying, not running, you know, fast walking towards the bathroom. Sure. Well, I still remember. I could still picture this dude, the hallway walking down. You got to bang a right to go into the bathroom. Well, I made it down the hallway. I banged a right. And that was it. Uh, just came out everywhere. <laughs> <blooming onion. laughs> still remember I had a Drover's platter that night, which is steak and chicken mixed um, oh all over cake, caked all over the wall. Uh, didn't make it to the sink. Didn't make it to the urinal. And at that point realized I had just fucked that bathroom up. So just uh, let it keep flowing, man. All yeah. over the yeah. ground. It's, it's already been ruined. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mirrors, sink. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, I wasn't and, in there long. I was in there for like three minutes. And um, you're so good looking. You still scored that night. You son of a bitch. Nah, far, oh, far, <laughs> I still remember. I still remember the shot that put me over the edge on my 21st birthday. Yeah. Hey, where'd you and go? it was the. Where were you at? So there, there's a shot called the Three Wisemen. And the Three uh, Wisemen is uh, Jim Beam, uh, Jack Daniels, and Johnny Walker. Yes. But, uh, I'm a big guy, and I worked at the place, so they had me do the three wise men go to Mexico, so they threw some Cuervo on there at the same time just to finish Hell it off. <laughs> God. Ugh. I got pushed home in a shopping cart. Nice, man. <laughs> so we, uh, so I go back to my seat after I throw up. Um, I don't even tell the guys I'm with I threw up, right? 
Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm cool, man. Right? Here I am, I'm back. I'm, I'm ready to drink more. They're like, damn, this kid's a beast. He just drank yeah. 21 shots. He didn't even throw up. And he's ready to go. Demons? Yeah. Um, so uh, an employee that works there at the uh, Outback goes in the bathroom and, of course, oh, sees, you know, my, my scene. Sees um, that blooming and, you know, onion. Yeah, exactly. Um, like I said, it did more than bloom that day, man. So <laughs> they, um, they came over to where we, we were sitting down and uh, very nicely – uh, basically said, dude, it's like a, that's a lot in there. Um, one of two things need to happen. You guys either have to go in there and you have to go clean it up yourself or you guys need to leave. Um, so the guy, uh, not my, but his buddy said, okay, where's the fucking check? You get no tip. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that, that's how that night ended. We were out of there within two or three minutes. Um, he's a no-nonsense dude, um, yeah. so he didn't tip. He stuck true to his word. Yeah. And then we went right uh, across the street to the Holiday Inn that we were sleeping in anyway and drank yeah. a case of beer at Coors Light in the hot tub and let them all float around us until You were <laughs> able to go through a case of beer in a hot tub? There was four of us, and, uh, yeah. and I had just thrown up all the liquor, so I was good to go all night again. Man. Yeah, it was like a fucking Jackson Pollock painting in that fucking bathroom. You know what? That, that's what I, I, I do remember like being a bouncer like there was only one time where i kicked the guy out and i felt bad because like he he had puked and that was like if you were a bouncer and you saw someone throw up you had to kick him out right like yeah. it was basically yeah. that's like uh, you can't hide this yeah. and, and the guy's like look this person just gave me a shot and, I, and i'm like look i understand man but i have to kick you out there's liability yeah. issues like yeah just close there's out your law. tab or whatever yeah yeah yeah, so that was uh, that was moving, man. Um, a lot of hard work, a lot of long hours. Um, nice. Worst, real quick, worst moving job we did was in West Virginia, man. Um, oh, close to nice. Morgantown, so close to the college, um, on yeah. like the side of a mountain. So I remember driving up there, and um, you know, uh, the guy that I was working for went to turn into the driveway, although he couldn't. Um, you know, we're up on the side of a mountain, and there's the little gullies, right, with the water running underneath. So he had a very, very narrow driveway. He couldn't swing Oof. the truck with the 52-foot trailer to get down to the house, Jesus. which, mind you, was about a quarter mile of a rocky driveway downhill. Uh, so oh. the worst moving job we ever did. Um, and we didn't have a – sometimes if that was a scenario and we knew it, we'd get a small Pac-Man uh, that yeah. we could kind of maneuver. But it uh, wasn't the case there, man. So, um, you know, had to carry everything about a quarter mile uphill back to the truck, up a rocky driveway. Oof. None of the – um none of the uh none of the you know moving carts and uh, yeah. this is like with furniture like a quarter of a mile with like a piano yeah. and a couch and shit yeah. oh, yep. Yep. none of the moving dollies like the we had dolly, mo- move yeah. slow because you're not on concrete right you're on the rocky yeah. stuff oh. um, you need those beach ones with the giant tires hell yeah. like you hell can't. yeah and i still remember man the uh, lady we moved she was the women swimming coach at the university of west virginia she bodied up and, uh, <laughs> yep yep and was the gentleman i'll never tip. Yeah, I believe they tipped. Yeah, I got tipped very, very. I actually couldn't believe the tips uh, when I did moving. Man, tips ah, nice. busting your high. ass. So the money's great. You know, you're on the road, you're making money, you're not spending a dime. Um, if oh, we got so fucking through expenses like the like your the hotel, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, my buddy's father, he he would buy dinner every night. Uh, so basically, yeah. it was a twelve pack of Miller Lite and dinner. Me and him every night back at the hotel watching a movie. Not bad. Um, nice. if we got to our. I loved it, man. Um, if we got to our destination after like 9 p.m., we'd sleep in the cab, you know, bunk beds in there. But if we were there before nine, always, uh, always a hotel. So life nice. on the money. I love it. Tommy, was there a town or, or a city you visited that you're like, oh, like if I'm not coming back to the Philadelphia area, this is where I want to live. Like, was, it, was there a spot that you're like, this is, this is where I could be? 
Yeah, um, and only because there was a couple very attractive girls in a small concert. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, I was in Jackson, Tennessee. I'll never forget. Whoa, Jackson, Jackson. We went into a um. And now, now, what's what's the other one? Not Outback Steakhouse. Come on, what's the other one? Texas, Texas Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Texas Roadhouse. So the, Texas, they have the rolls. Yeah, so we're in the Roadhouse. Easy and, um, The uh, the gentleman <laughs> I was there with had never eaten peanuts and threw them on the ground. He just thought it was the coolest <laughs> thing in the world, man. Because they let you right. You just eat yep. peanuts out of the bucket and just yeah. drop the shells on the ground. Um, <laughs> it was awesome. But uh, Jackson, Tennessee. That is a strange flex by them to just throw your shit on the floor. So some poor ten dollar an hour girl's got to sweep that up at the end of the night. Yeah, <laughs> and then I ended up. Uh, that was it, man. A uh, little short of a year. Uh, we were down south a lot, so the weather was nice at least. But um, oh, nice. I remember being up north, and it was kind of cold. And I was like, "Fuck this, I'm done." So yeah. lasted yep. almost a year, and that was life on the road, man. Got to nice. see, you know, a lot of. That's a good experience for a young kid, though. You know, yeah, hell yeah, yep. nice. For so sure. let's keep it moving. I kind of want to go over this. So yep. uh, you, after you got done working as a mover, you went to ITT Tech. And then at the same time, you were working for another of your friend's dad's at Ziegler Electrical, and you were also back at the detail shop for a little bit while you were at ITT Tech. You then shout grabbed- out Big Zig. Yeah. So then, yeah, shout out Ziegler Electrical. Uh, then after you graduate from ITT Tech, then you work at a pump company cleaning septic stations. Well, Pete's listening. I kind of want to go over the ITT tech thing just a little bit because okay, so in, in my experience, yeah. almost everyone that gets into the trade starts in high school, right? Like Steve, you started, you went to tech school right away, right? Sure did. Tommy, did you go to tech school or no? No, no, nothing, man. Um, you see, I kind of hopped from job to job and just didn't know what the hell to do. So that's what I like because that's what I, like I think more people need to know how to get into the trades after high school. Because so many people think like I have to make this decision in tenth grade, yeah. and and that's my decision for life. So I want to hear how somebody did it like after that. For me, it was just a, um, you know, it, it was, uh, like I mentioned, working a couple labor jobs, right? And it was just, you know, knowing that a piece of paper and a degree opens more doors, right? More money, uh, maybe not have to work as hard physically. So that was kind of my mindset was, hey, man, let's get a degree, even if it's not what I'm going to school for. I know it opens up more doors. You know, I know most people that yeah. have degrees don't work in that field anyway. Yeah. Um, so for me, that was the mindset. Um, and it was getting done quick. I didn't, I, I didn't want to do four years. Um, so I enrolled in a kind of accelerated engineering program. Uh, it was two years man nice. now it turns out the school i went to is no longer re- even really a school um, i still had my degree um, they had some legal issues i didn't have to pay back any school loans a little a little later than i paid some of it back so <laughs> at least um anybody that knows that school in that background um yeah, yeah. That, that is interesting. I know they, they they had some problems, like these for-profit schools. But I know a lot of guys who got into electric. They became electricians or engineers. Great like, teachers, and they went great yeah, teachers. Like Lincoln Tech, sure. and, and it's just like it's interesting to me. Like it kind of went away. Where I'm just like, look, this was the door to do something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like to make a good living. Yeah, yeah. my uh, my good friend's father uh, was an electrician, so kind of went hand in hand with what I was doing a little bit uh, with the engineering. Um, so worked with him, and he's a no nonsense, you know, old school. Throw a tool at you, curse at you all damn day. Let's, let's hit the bar for, for an hour for lunch and then quit two hours after that because we don't feel like working anymore. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely loved it, man, once again. Yeah. So. so basically, a man's a, man. a red-blooded American. Oh, yeah. Is. Oh, yeah. So nice. All right. So let's keep it moving then. So nice. So thanks for sharing that. Great question, Pete. Good, I, good thing, too, because we do talk about the trades a lot. And we like that we're big fans of the trades on this show. Look, like the working perspectives. Trades is the game, baby. We want to, well, we want to see everyone. I'm not excluding any other jobs, but I feel like the trades well, need to yeah. get there doing proper. 
I think what Matt's trying to say is we like anything that makes that's affordable that anybody can do. You know what I mean? Like yeah. trade schools, community college, state schools, anything that like it is accessible by the common man, and that's that's what we uh, yeah. that's what we promote on the working podcast. But we don't like good-looking soccer players. Uh, is that? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, so that being said, uh, so yep. So like we said, you graduated from ITT Tech, then you got a job at a pump company cleaning septic stations. So, uh, shit water, yeah, yeah. Shit so pit. kind of explain what this. So I'm kind of generalizing it, but what was your job? What did you learn, and how did you like it? Because to me, sounds like a pretty shitty job. It was interesting, man. Um, I worked out of an office. It was in Norristown. Uh, this company sold pumps to not just, you know, residential areas, uh, but also like municipalities. Right. Okay. Um, so my job was, you know, if I'm um, at the warehouse, it's just kind of maintaining the warehouse, answering calls a little bit. But I worked with a, a technician um, who was awesome and taught me a lot. But uh, our job was really just go out, install uh, grinder pumps and electrical panels, you know, that control the pumps. Um, and troubleshoot panels when something goes wrong, you know, maybe get a call from, Hey, this municipality, this municipality, come on out, um, fix our, uh, fix our panel. But along with fixing the panel usually consisted of pulling up the pump and cleaning it. Um, no idea what I was getting into when I first started this man, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, pulled up many a pumps, got, got lots of shit on my wrist at some point. Um, (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, every once in a while, they would just I, I uh, uh, delivery also, man. So I'd put a pump in my back of my truck and just kind of drive out anywhere between like, you know, um, about two hours away in Penn State, uh, deliver yep. a pump and come back. So sometimes it was just driving, um, you know, so I get to listen to music um, every once in a while. I would deliver a pump while they're installing it. Uh, and I'm talking big pumps, too. Um, so for nobody, anybody that doesn't know, the only reason they use pumps is to pump water uphill. Uh, most municipalities yeah. try to put the place below the development or wherever. Right. So it all kind of gravity feeds yep. down. Um, so, you know, so, so that's why people are ordering pumps, man. But uh, there's actually that's a place. Apartment called... buildings had the, the water tower on top. Yes, you know, sir. That good old fashioned gravity. It's free. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to mention a place here. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it or been to it, uh, but I didn't even know a place like this existed in this world, man. It's like a third world country. It's not that far away. Uh, there's a place actually called Alsace Lorraine. Oh, um, yeah. It's a little bit north of Boyertown. Uh, yep. You go all the way up to Boyertown, you bang a little left, and then there's just like this. They're not really all um, like modular homes or trailers, but it's basically a development of modulars and trailers and just shitty yeah. old homes. Um, and they all they all needed shit pumps. I'll never forget it. Uh, so we had to go out there. I still remember. Great Swiss um, cheese in our space, Lorraine. Shit pumps. Oh, <laughs> How do you know that place, Pete? Because I, I used to sell, I worked at a deli, and we had Alsace-Lorraine Swiss cheese. Nope. So I think it's from the same place in PA. It smells like that up there, Swiss cheese, man. <laughs> so uh, so hold on. So long story short, I still remember 27 installations we had to do. Uh, me and my senior I worked with, his name a lot was of pumps. Oh. Yeah. Now, we didn't do the excavating. We didn't have to build it. They were mostly like 10-foot basins that go on the ground, and then we put the pump in the basin, right? Yeah. Um, so that was our job, and then we run wire to the panel. Now, um, now I have a question. Was, you said a grinder, Thomas, right? A pump and a grinder. Yep. Was the grinder a propeller that cut up the doo-doo? That's exactly what it was. And whatever yeah. else went, went into <laughs> people's brains, man. So the yeah. shit would really hit the fan at your job, huh? <laughs> Straight up, bro. Yeah. 
Yep. Wow. Uh, it was interesting, man. Yeah, hell yeah. But yeah. back to Alsace Lorraine, uh, me and my guy Jeff, we installed 27 pumps. Well, guess what? 27 failed. We fucked oh. up. Uh, something was wrong, man. <laughs> so that job, that job went from like one week to like two or three weeks, man. I never oh, forget. Man, that, that town sounds like a real shithole, huh? Jesus. Hey, up, he's still firing. Hey. All right. Shitty so. shit. Now I'm talking. Hold on. Back to this town real quick. All right. <laughs> okay. So okay. Okay. Let's but I'm shit talking. on the town more. <laughs> Okay, bro. They on. got like they got they got mutants uh, from that town. Oh, I'm talking bro. like yeah. you know chicks with hair on their palms. Oh, like, people look like they're Yo, fucking in, inbreds stop. out there. Yeah, straight up. This is where Tommy like, punched yeah. a hole in a wall and then hit himself in it, and he just like dug himself <laughs> down there. Like, Dude, oh. Some of the because we're putting these pumps in. Imagine what system they had before this. So some of the backyards were just like toilet shit, paper it's... and like liquid shit, and I'm just like. Yo, this is uh, fucking. It's this like is, Meet the Fox is, 2.0. You're going for the wedding, but oh, <laughs> yeah, man. So that like scarred me for run. life. And uh, my my uh, you know my my pump boy job only lasted a month or two after. That. Yeah. So yeah, you got Fuck the shit, shit out of there. So <laughs> Fuck okay. That shit. So okay, so let's keep it moving then. So uh, you after that shout you out Amityville or whatever the fuck that awful place. I'll say Lorraine. That's shout what out. he said. Yep. So you after that you got a job at uh I don't want to say the name of the place but you worked in a clean room at like a uh it's like a like a parts place right it like you worked in a clean yeah, room this... at an area that built parts is that right Yeah yeah so this was a little bit more geared towards uh, what I went to school for which you know the pump thing was as well but you know uh, this job yeah. didn't smell like shit. I was actually yeah. in a clean room, right? So I go, here I go from the, the shit job to the motherfucking clean room. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one end of the spectrum to the other. But yeah, uh, Matt, kind of like you're saying, um, that place, they build devices that regulate the flow of gases and liquids. Okay. Um, so, yep. So I'm in a clean room. All you can see is my eyes. I have little glasses on, look like an astronaut suit. Nice. Um, and it was pretty much a production line, man, um, which I started on the production line. And then, you know, kind of like every other job, try to learn everything about it, uh, you know, bump up to team lead there and then i'm kind nice. of telling everybody what to do making sure we're hitting our numbers yeah um look at you getting a leadership role nice yeah man um and then uh, uh hopped into the uh, service department um so no longer kind of building these devices now i'm fixing them um so okay. got out of the clean room and into the service department where i didn't have to wear the astronaut suit it's a little more laid back a little more come and go as i please um, as yeah. long as i get the job done man yeah nice um, and, and then I was there we're... for a couple years and i liked it there were you were you put into a leadership role in the service department as well? Um, no, I wasn't. Um, there was only one of them, and he was there for you know thirty x years, okay. and that yeah. wasn't. Happening. But you were able I, to I didn't learn. That job. Yeah, yeah, nice. But you were kind of the way it seems is like you're kind of your own boss anyway. So yeah, yeah, man. As long nice. as the job gets done, man. Yep. Nice. So good. That sounds like a cool job. You got to learn. You got to experience something very unique. Like that's very cool. I like to see those kind of things. One so, thing I'll mention real quick, I was one of the only uh, white males that worked there. Um, it was more of a job, you know, where I was the minority. Um, it was oh, very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, again, every job uh, I've ever had is kind of dealing with different people from different parts of the world, different ethnicities. Yeah. So just kind of uh, learn from those people, man. But that's cool, though. I like seeing that. I love that stuff. Like love when it. I was working in kitchens and stuff, like I was one of like two white guys, you know what I mean? Like I always had fun with that. I loved it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was so much fun, you know? Yeah. Like, cause also it, like it, at the end of the day, just to a, know people. 
Yeah. You know, just it's good to know, you know what I mean? Like how everyone lives. It's it's always uh yeah, but at, interesting. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you're all just fucking around. Exactly. Anyway, That's know? what you realize, like, you know? Like no no yeah, everybody just wants to get their shit done without yeah. hassle and problem and go yeah. the fuck home to their family. And no and everyone yeah. wants to crack jokes and just have a good time and enjoy where they work and not feel like they have to walk on eggshells. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't. I like a very <laughs> uh respectable uh political yep. environment. Uh, it's uh, Steve Karen Cabot is what his name is. So, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right, fans, time for a break in the action to bring back one of our new segments. This is What's Going Down in Gamertown with our good friend Dominic McGinley, a.k.a. the Dami Lama. Lama, what's going down in Gamertown? All right, so Matt, recently Ubisoft has announced Rocksmith Plus. It is a monthly subscription service that teaches you how to play guitar. This game features real-time feedback and provides suggestions based on how you play. Simply connect your guitar to the console for accurate note detection using the real tone cable. There are a variety of songs to choose from that continues to expand. And if you run into trouble with a part of a song, you can just use the riff repeater, a feature that allows you to control the speed of the song so you can learn at your own pace, a built-in tuner, and provides lessons on every guitar technique. And finally, provides a remarkable display of your fretboard with color-coded strings and numbered frets. Uh, This game is launching this summer for PC and will be available on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. And sometime after that, it will be available on Android and iOS. All right, that was another rousing segment of What's Going Down in Gamertown with our good friend Dominic McGinley, a.k.a. the Dami Lama. Now, back to the show. So, okay, so let's keep it moving. So you kind of, after this job, you've kind of branched into what you're doing now or what you did for a long time. And then this will be, and then we'll kind of branch into what you're doing now. So uh, after this, you got a job at a home healthcare company. And what you were doing is you were scheduling nurses for in-home healthcare, right? Yeah, very entertaining, man. Those of you guys that are listening that know the home healthcare world, um, myself growing up, man, never really saw a home health aide, a, a CNA or a or a um, a nurse uh, going to a house to work, just never saw it. Um, and then when I started working in that field, I had a good friend that worked for the company, um, was sitting, uh, let's go to how I got there real quick. I uh, was okay. sitting around at a bar, uh, smashed one day, never forget it, because uh, I... <laughs> Actually, I'll never remember it because I was so drunk, but uh, told, told that good friend that day, yeah, man, I want to leave my job. I want to quit my job. Let me come over to where you're at. He needed some help. Um, so this friend calls me like Tuesday, Wednesday uh, that week and says, dude, where are you at? I go, what are you, I'm at work. What are you talking about? He's, uh, my boss is here, drove here from Jersey to interview you. Don't you remember? Uh, well, I remember none of it. So I was pretty smashed. That night. <laughs> oh, uh, Miss the interview. Long story short, tell your boss, come over tomorrow. You know, tell him whatever you want to tell him. It sounds good. Um, so started yeah. working in home healthcare, man. Nice. Um, and I loved it, man. Again, just people, people everywhere. Uh, job first started as a scheduler, you know, uh, taking incoming calls, uh, scheduling nurses, home healthies and CNAs to go work their respective shifts. Um, always, always had holes and gaps. So when I would come in in the morning, basically, if a, if a case is filled, you just forget about it. Um, it's the only open shifts that you care about. So basically, yeah. you know, I'm calling people all day to schedule shifts. Um, that's the way, that's how it started. Um, yeah. A lot of, a lot, a lot of experiences through there, man. Um, met a lot of different people again, uh, then moved nice. into 
um, kind of segued into hiring nurses at that point. So now, you know, uh, they realize I could talk to people, you know, people like me and I can relate so real a lot, quick so. though. So real quick, I just want to bring this up. So you started as like kind of the entry level position of scheduling the nurses for the different home health care. Once again, you committed yourself to the job. You did the best job you can. And your higher ups recognize how you're a good people person. You're organized, you're committed, and you do a very good job. They then bumped you up to a leadership role, right? Where you're now hiring the new nurses and you would be training them as well. Is that right? Or part of? No, they don't. Okay. They don't. Um, uh, those, uh, you know, you have clinical and non-clinical, right? Everything in the medical world, you got your clinical. And those are the people who have, you know, nursing degrees, home health aides, okay. CNAs yeah, yeah, yeah. that do the training of those. Um, I just bring them in and hire them. Basically, you know, my qualifying question was, do you have trach or vent experience? And can you work with adults or kids? Um, and I kind of put them into a category based off that and hand them off to the nurse. But look, that's um, you like getting like, this is what we need. This is the job that needs to be done. Bing, bang, boom. Yep. Give you a shot, do your thing. And I think the well, higher call, uh, triage, that. I believe, in the healthcare uh, world. Ooh. Triage. Look at there that. Big go. word, big word, McCormick. Hey, real big props quick. to you, Pete, too. I love my male nurses. I think I mentioned that earlier, but um, man. I'm not there yet, Tommy. I'm working. I'm working towards there, but I'm not there yet. Like we were saying, you were now, like, you started out scheduling, you were brought in then, and you were there, you moved up to hiring, and you would kind of set them up with either kids or adults and things like that, and like the different jobs they would need. So you're, you're doing all that. And then you got a position in Charlotte, right? Is that when you started doing the hiring, was that in Charlotte or did you go to Charlotte to do that? No. So I still did that in PA. Um, our office was in Exton. Uh, we serve pretty much the surrounding counties. Um, okay. So kind of segued into operations, right? Which is dealing with the money and dealing with um, all that stuff. So, you know, hiring, scheduling, and then, you know, um, let's deal with the numbers and collect the money from insurance companies so we can get paid. A lot of money in the home healthcare world. And I um, got an email one day, man, I'll never forget it. I um, got an email in October, um, that year. And it was for an opening for an executive director position uh, because our company had acquired a smaller company in uh, Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. So never been to Charlotte myself, uh, just kind of know where I actually thought it was closer to the water. uh, For those of you that don't know, Charlotte is on the Western side of the state. Uh, It's dead in the middle. It's uh, it's, it's a long state. It's a long state. It's like PA. It ain't the beach. That's Even all longer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a lake about a half hour north of Charlotte. That's absolutely amazing. Were you excited of, to go cool there and parties. see Muggsy Bows? Muggsy Bows? Oh, that's man. That's the first person you know, I want to see in Charlotte. You know what's funny? Oh, this is going to bring this full circle. You know who the first person I saw in Charlotte was? Who? Alan Iverson. How'd you Ooh. know that? Have I, how the hell did you know that? Really? Because, because the last time I flew into Charlotte, Alan Iverson got pulled out of line and started getting patted down by security. Yeah. And I'm coming through security. I can't believe you just said that, dude. And I'm looking up and I see this guy getting questioned by security and I see the spider web tattoo on the neck. I'm like, yeah. is that fucking Alan Iverson? Probably getting had a white by jeans on. Yeah. And I'm grabbing my head. I'm like, that's Alan Iverson getting questioned by security right now. And then, uh, and then like, uh, I didn't make a big deal. I just like told my wife, and I'm like, so he lives in Charlotte. That's how I know is because I, I flew in there. And I saw I can't security pull him out of line. So the day, wow. so so speaking of Charlotte, you know, Hickory Tavern, that's kind of, they're like PJs. That's like the Hickory Taverns are everywhere. So I okay. land in Charlotte. It's January 4th, uh, taking a new job, executive director position, you know, moved down there single, um, you know, new job, nice pay, nice weather, 
you know, girls look a little different down south. People they got the accent, bro. <laughs> so I was ready to go, man. The yeah. southern thing is terrible on dudes, fantastic on women. Now, here's Woo! one thing um, that I don't think is true at all. Uh, everybody that I would meet in Charlotte thought I was from Texas. I think when I drink, I talk a little slower. Um, nobody uh, up here ever, ever says it ever. But in Charlotte, everyone's like, are you from Texas? And I'm like, what? Well, Far they probably me. thought Tell that me say you were water real quick. Jumper. Just say it. Uh, water. Yeah, you don't have the Philly water. You you go Man, all water. It's W A, not W O O D. Yeah, yeah, that, that's why they think U T E R. U T E R. Right, um, water. So yeah, man, uh, Charlotte's awesome for anybody that's never been down there. Uh, great city, a lot of young working folk. Uh, kind of a transplant city. Moved there for work, not from there. You know, a lot of young twenties to mid thirties, man. A lot of small, cool neighborhoods with main streets, with bars, breweries, uh, distilleries everywhere, man. So it's a happy North Carolina's got a lot of good stuff going on. A lot of good beers, a little bit of chicks? wineries. That's all I need to yeah. know. How hot are the chicks? Southern, <laughs> chick, yo, Southern chicks. Steve, they got cabin in UN. They have uh, Duke and UNC. What do you think's going on down there? Uh, I don't know. Apparently, lacrosse players claiming they're like raping chicks and stuff. I don't okay, know. Okay, let's not bring that up. All right. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, real quick. Uh, Duke and UNC, like you're talking. So two cool sporting events that were closely related to the, as soon as I moved down to Charlotte, uh, the first one is Villanova versus North Carolina Tar Heels. So I'm at a party now, mind you, Steph Curry's from Charlotte. We're around the same oh, age right. as Steph Curry, right? Grew yeah, up yeah, in Charlotte. Right. He's a legend. So yeah. here I am at a party with uh, all these kids that played uh, basketball with Steph Curry growing up their whole life. Huh. Um, all North Carolina fans, right? Um, I'm the only, why am I a Villanova fan, right? Like who's a Villanova fan? It's a small school yeah. and you just, you know, um, so these people for the life of them couldn't believe it, man. And Chris Jenkins hit that shot, man. That fucking place was dead silent. And I'm just up. And they're nice down South, man. They were ready to have at me, man. Yeah, I'll never forget yeah. it. But uh, that's great. Uh, the I other sport. Yeah, man. I just got to other... give Cabot this because he does the wrestling update Cabot. And uh, the head coach at UNC, Pride of Pennsylvania, Coleman what Scott. What you know about him, Pete? That's right, Coleman Scott. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, he was at he was, his hotel room was below us at States with Riley and everything. Him and yeah, Henry, I, I remember that because my I I had the hotel room and you kept coming in and then my mom wanted to kick everybody out when we were having the party. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other yeah, sporting sick, event, Thomas, I can't believe you were down there for that game. Like, talk about a wild game or spot yeah, to during uh, that game. The other Great. sporting event was um, the Super Bowl. Now, it was uh, Carolina oh, Panthers, right? So, the Panthers mm. Stadium is – not that the Super Bowl was there. I think it was in Miami that year. But uh, the Panthers were in the Super Bowl. Uh, Jake Delhomme. Yeah, Del Homey. Um, He was there, man. Uh, I'll never <laughs> forget it. Yeah, terrible. I was at the NFC Championship game. Oh, uh, no uh, bro. I know we all remember that one. Yeah, uh, that's the fucking West. Tell me, when I think about Carolina, I will I, – I, who was their running back? Was it Stephen Davis or – Steve yeah. Smith was the wide receiver. Uh, and then Sean Foster. Didn't Sean have Foster. D'Angelo Williams as, as well? Masin Muhammad. I think it was – they had some running back that Dawkins was like suplexing as he tried to punch the ball out and broke the guy's arm, and the guy was yeah. like three times as big as him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe a fullback. Uh, but anyway, um, our connection was they were playing the Broncos, and our connection is the Broncos kicker, uh, who we all yeah. know from the same high school as us. Yeah. So here I am in Charlotte. They're Who's in the that Super kicker? Uh, McManus. McManus, who I think should have been the MVP of that Super Bowl, kicked three field goals over 50 yards. Over 50, of course, oh, yeah. they gave it to Peyton Manning because he's Peyton Manning, who didn't have a good game at all. 
Yep. That old chestnut. So here and I you am. know what? And Tommy, j- just not not to step on you, but you know yeah. what? He didn't deserve his first Super Bowl MVP either. That belonged to Bob Sanders of Erie Cathedral Prep from Pennsylvania, too. That's oh, right. Yeah. 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 That whole playoffs belonged to Bob Sanders. God, he was a beast, man. And then he, uh, his career was cut short, man, with injuries, I think. But he, but was, when he was healthy, he, he was an animal. That, he quietly, after that playoff run, was put in the same air at that era. We had Ed Reed and Doc running around. Palomalu, all of a sudden, Bob Sanders yeah. was the name with them. Yeah. So there's my, uh, there's my two Charlotte sporting events, man. Here goes me rooting for Villanova against North Carolina, right in the, you know, right in their backyard. <laughs> yeah. And then here goes me uh, with a Denver Broncos kicker jersey on, mind you, uh, <laughs> rooting for Denver at a Super Bowl of all Dude, Charlotte. That's teams. great. Now I'll and be the first. You can't t- even be like, oh no, I would like, oh no, I, yeah. I'm from Denver. <laughs> I'll be the first to tell you that um, I, I had no fear whatsoever at the football party. Those guys were not <laughs> true football fans. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, the I mean, the college Carolina basketball game, I was a little more in enemy territory. But Yeah, I could see um, that. And then the day I landed, again, January 4th, I walk into a Hickory Tavern, kind of like the Peach Days down in Charlotte. I go to the bathroom. I order a beer, immediately ask for the bathroom because I have to use the bathroom. Um, here I am about to pop on my phone because I had yet to find an apartment. Here I am apartment hunting uh, while I'm on my phone. And um, I look to my right, and I see a white T-shirt, a royal blue hat with a red brim, and baggy jeans. And I go like this. I look to the right, and I do a double take, and I just think to myself, no way. That's fucking Allen Iverson. So here <laughs> I, so here he is sit standing within arm's reach of the table I'm at. So he just put my beer down. I'm like, hell yeah. So I go over. I go, AI? And, like, I think he heard me. He just didn't look over at first. Um, and then he looked over again, and I said, AI? And he looked over and he, and this is all he said, what's up, brother? I put my hand out to uh, shake his at first to initiate it. So I shook his hand, uh, literally just told him, yo, you're my favorite athlete ever. And I literally just moved here from Philly like an hour ago. Um, can't believe I just met you. He didn't really give a shit. He just kind of went over talking to his boys. Um, that was it, man. But yeah. yeah, I'm sure that happens to him quite often. Four million yeah. times over again. Yeah. Yep. He's nice. the greatest. You but, should have uh, told him I bought your I, shoes. You probably would appreciate yeah, I, that. I did not try and say hi to him when he was pulled over by security in <laughs> line. I, would, I just let him do his thing. And could you just, imagine if you went over like, AI, hey, yeah. real quick, I love you, pal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's up, dog? We, uh, we, we saw him again uh, once in the stint that I was down there, me and a good friend of mine that was down there at a bar. Uh, we were the only, let's let's just say, not even males, just you know, white gentlemen in that place to begin with. I'll never forget it. That was um, one of those bars. Those just, yeah, well, we were in a lot of bars like Tommy, that. Don't call yourself white. You're a little too tan to be white. Yeah. So, yeah. We, so we stuck out, right? Um, and you stick out even more when you walk up to Allen Iverson and try to give him a pound and go, what's up, man? <laughs> so more than I'm once. not trying to be inconspicuous. Like, oh, no, nothing just walk up to the <laughs> guy, you guy night, in the place. He's like, we were this cracker is crazy. Look to at kindly leave Allen Iverson alone. And then my buddy <laughs> from across the bar is, you know, doing his thing with the cell phone, got him on video. And, of course, there's Iverson ducking behind, like not wanting to get on the camera, knowing we're filming him. Uh, so he sends one of the boys over that basically says, I'm about to crush your phone. Stop filming. Yeah. Uh, and that was it. Nice. So, Sucks. Uh, that, I mean, that's crazy that he's that famous that, you know, that that's one of his buddy's jobs is, hey, I'm a cell phone crusher, John. And uh, if you keep filming, <laughs> I'm going to fucking crush your phone. That's right. so, and uh, I happen to make 500 thousand dollars a year crushing phones so yeah a lot of uh, me to do it <laughs> not a lack of celebrities down there man uh charlotte i'll tell you what um, i met clinton portis down there um, I, met, I actually went to uh i met randy moss randy moss hosted Ooh. a uh, crossfit workout that anybody could show up for free on the football field 
him and some like CrossFit uh, guru woman. Fit with Randy Moss. You had done a bunch of different things with different celebrities in Charlotte, and you're having like a good time doing your thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then an incident occurs, another incident that would change your life forever. Are you cool to talk about this? Yeah, yeah. This one was a little more eye-opening. Um, I was a little yeah. bit older when this one happened, for sure. Um, I yeah. just turned 30 years old, man. So fast forward 12 years, another big event in my life. Yeah. So Now you're okay. mature, you're an adult, you've had some jobs, and you realize, holy shit, life can end. So let's talk about this, <laughs> yeah, Tom. So this is where uh, we're going to take a turn here. I know we've been very jovial and having fun and you know exploring the different flavors of ice cream like we do here on the show. But uh, Tom is living down in Charlotte. He uh, he was the executive director gimmick. You would leave that position, and then you were working as a at uh, doing like you were selling or you're building houses with. Yeah, simultaneously, guy. I had uh, met a kid. Uh, kid, man, this kid was 24 years old. Basically, grew up on construction sites, uh, building houses. So I helped him out. Um, in addition to my other job at first, um, uh, doing that, man, I loved it. We built uh, two. 3,000 square foot houses, just me and two oh, kids that wow. were six, seven years uh, younger than me uh, from the yeah. ground up, man. Basically touched every piece of wood in there, cut it, Jesus. or nailed it, man. So that was, That's that was incredible. Cool. So, okay. So you're doing this, you're building houses, you're living in Charlotte, you're enjoying your life down there. Mm-hmm. What happened? So you go out one night with these guys that you're working with, yep. you're doing your thing. Right. And honestly, like, you know, like you're a very personal guy. You're easy to get along with. You're a good talker. You're friendly. You're funny. You like hanging out. You're doing your thing. So you you're you were I I don't see it as you had trouble making friends in Charlotte and stuff like that. So you're doing your thing, hanging out and, doing you know, going you're going out one night, you tie one on and you get into a car with uh, someone who had been drinking. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So backtrack uh, just a little bit. Um, This was, I was actually coming home a day. um, This was December 15th, uh, that same year that I had moved there. So I've been in Charlotte just short of a year at this point. I was leaving in about two or three days to be with my family uh, for two weeks for like Christmas, you know, leading up to New Year's. Yeah. And um, um, to kind of segue into what you just said, I hopped in the passenger seat. Um, I'll be, I'll be the first to admit that, you know, I've drank and drove myself, um, you know, forget hundreds of times. I'll put it close to a thousand, to be honest, man. Yeah. Um, without getting caught, you know, and everybody does anything they can and get away with whatever until you get caught. I think we mentioned this earlier with the vandalism and stuff like that. It's yeah. all until you get caught. Right. Yeah. Um, but very, very few times was I the passenger. It was always kind of me driving on my own merit. Um, didn't, yeah. you know, just kind of doing what I would want. Um, so I'm in a passenger seat this time, man. Yeah. And um, we left the venue that we were at that night. We were actually out, I remember, at a place uh, called Coyote Joe's, out uh, country line dancing all night. First time in my life I've ever country line danced. Um, on ass night. Fucking um, tying one on with the old country kickers. All right. That's right. That's right. So I was out there, you know, deedly doing or whatever uh, they call it. <laughs> and um, let's just say that me and the two gentlemen I was with were politely asked to leave a little bit sure. later. Sure. Um, you know, that old don't, don't know exactly why we were politely asked to leave, but you know, there was a little friction involved, I believe. Uh, so we hopped in the car, I'm in the passenger seat and, um, that's the last thing I re- um, remember. So we, um, uh, wake up in a hospital bed, man, uh, which is only a couple hours later, about 2 AM. Uh, my wrists are actually strapped down to the hospital bed and I wake up to a doctor, um, saying, Hey man, uh, be careful. You know, you broke your neck. 
Uh, not only that, you know, uh, get ready. The nurse that's standing above you is about to put as many staples as it takes to, you know, staple your head up because you got a little uh, laceration on the top of your head. Um, so scary stuff, man. Um, so I actually ended up uh, breaking uh, four vertebrae in my neck. Uh, for anybody that knows your neck is your first seven vertebrae. Uh, so my fifth, sixth and seventh vertebrae were broken. But what was actually the scariest thing was the C1 vertebrae. Um, I know you guys know what, you know, your spine looks like they're kind of U-shaped, right? Each of your vertebrae. Yep, yep. Uh, but your C1 is a ring, right? And it's connected to your skull. Um, it's pretty delicate. They don't do surgery to your C1 because of where it's located. And your spinal column. Yeah. And your spinal column actually comes up through your C1 vertebrae into, you know, our brain, our cerebral cortex or whatever. Jesus Christ. Um, so, uh, you know, the C1 vertebrae, it's tough to break a ring in one spot. So it kind of cracked in the front and the back and it closed. Oh. Them. Yeah. Um, now me not knowing any of this, uh, sees an x-ray the next day with a doctor saying, Hey Tom, this is, you know, your x-rays, this is what your neck looks like right now. Yeah. Um, you know, you're basically forget a quarter inch, you're closer to a quarter centimeter away from what we call, you know, decapitated without losing your head. Um, you know, Oh my God. So yeah, man, still have the x-ray pictures, still look at it every couple of years, you know, just because, um, yeah. but yeah, man, scary stuff. Right. So here I am, all these thoughts are going through my head as, as wasn't many staples. She put about 11 staples in my head. Oh um, yeah. That's not yeah. a lot. Just 11 fucking staples. And, in and Tom, Tommy, you, you're in North Carolina when this is happening. Yeah, I'm in Charlotte. I'm by oh, myself. So you're Pete. not by, near your family. Okay. No, yeah. my friend that I was actually down there with at the time in North Carolina is not with me. I went out with two coworkers, so he has no idea what happens. My phone no. dies that night. Uh, so no family, no oh, friends, no where I'm at. No, no nothing. Um, so I, um, so here I am, right? Just coming out of working in home healthcare, right? We had a lot of clients discharged from bad car accidents um, in the home healthcare world that are jacked up for later in life, whether it's a wheelchair, whether it's, you know, yeah, just, just whatever, man, uh, you name it, the spine is nothing to mess with. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the doctor pretty much gave me two choices the next day. And um, there's a uh, movie that ties into this too, that I'd watched about two weeks before my accident. Um, doctor basically said, Tom, you got two choices. Um, option number one is either you get surgery. Um, option number two is you don't. And then real quick, kind of graphic, but you know, anytime you get surgery, they explain to you um, what they're going to do. So, yeah. He goes, Hey man, first we're going to cut a little two inch in, in your neck uh, right to the left side because your stuff's cracked on the left more than the right. Um, we're going to move a bunch of your main veins and arteries to the side. Hey Tom, if we hit one of them, you're going to die. Don't worry. We're not going to hit one of them. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. He goes, your voice box is behind those main veins and arteries. We're going to pull that thing out and move it over a little bit. He's like, Hey man, you know, there's a chance your voice could change forever, which it didn't, but there's a chance. Yeah. Um, and then he goes, we're going to come in through the front and do the surgery. If we can't, uh, get the surgery done from coming into the front. We're going to give you more drugs, flip you over and come in through the back. So I was like, fuck doc. Like that's not real cool. What's option B. Um, and he's like, option B is you don't get surgery. You get the little metal halo put on you. If you ever seen that, looks like you're wearing all yeah. those shoulder pads, yeah. little metal rods yep. sticking up with the, uh, with the halo. And there's actually a movie, uh, Forget yep. the name of it, man. I think it's called, uh, it's a boxing movie. Bleed about, for this. Yes. yes. Bam. Yep. I was going to say there will be yeah. blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tasmanian Devil yeah. or Pas- so, Pasmanian. Yeah, Vinny yeah. Paziani was a, yeah. a middleweight boxer. I think it was the late eighties. Um, yeah, le- left. A, I think it was. A, was it a championship fight or not? But anyway, left the fight and um, got into a car accident that yeah. night and uh, and broke his neck. Uh, broke two of his vertebrae. I remember watching the movie and yeah. I literally remember the scene of him saying, "Doc, you ain't cutting me open. You're not cutting my effing neck open." 
Yeah. So what what the, what do you think I said to the doctor who just gave right. me? You're a fellow greaseball Italian spaghetti yeah. bender. He's not cutting you open. We so option it. A was more surgery and a four to six month recovery. Option B was no surgery, more like a ten to twelve month recovery. Even though it's longer, I chose option B. Right. I didn't want to get cut open. Right? No. <laughs> All the complications that could have occurred with that surgery as well. It's like fuck off. You know. Yeah. Come on. Well, and, and just to give the people, you know, like kind of like perspective too, is like, t- like you know, Tom. Obviously, you're here. You're talking with us, and the Pasmanian Devil made his. But like the thing is, like you, you're a guy that's been in impeccable shape your entire life, right? It's sports yeah. and everything. Yeah. Same thing with that guy. Like, yeah. there, like if, if you have this injury and you're not in the best shape, you know what I mean, like. Yeah. It could be game over. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, that, that's where you kind of like realize it's like, you know, yep. yeah. Yeah. It's scary so. stuff, man. Um, but you know, try not to think about uh, that too much. Pretty positive regardless of kind of their situation. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but just so. the, you know, pa- passing the information forward to, to you oh, know, yeah. the, the young and, 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 yeah. and the people just listening, just no, uh, you're a how thousand. dangerous this stuff can be. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, you're a thousand percent right, Pete. And even a step farther than the physical, you know, even if you're not in good shape, yep. man, there's a lot of stuff you can't do, you know, if that happens. And me working, uh, like I said, in home healthcare, witnessed that, saw people that, you know, got in an accident on a crotch rocket motorcycle and is in a wheelchair for life. Uh, watched the kid do a backflip into shallow water, who's a supreme athlete. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Paralyzed yeah. from the waist down uh, from that. Oh, day. Oh, yeah. So scary stuff, man. But for me, um, the physical was okay. You know, count my lucky stars. I'm not the most yeah. religious, but thank yep. God, I yep. guess you can say. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, um, for, uh, for me, it was uh, harder than mental, getting over the mental part, yeah. uh, honestly, man. Yeah. Um, but let's kind of fast forward here, right? So yeah. Don, give me option B. I don't want surgery. You ain't effing cutting my neck open, right? Yeah. So, you know, before they ever released from the hospital, they got to do tests to make sure you're healthy enough to go home, right? X-rays, whatever. Um, so I'm getting sized for my little metal strap on head job, whatever. And, uh, uh, you know, they do an x-ray and the doctor basically says, Tom, you know, uh, sorry to tell you this, man, but you're not, um, you're not going home, which my brother had driven from PA to Charlotte the next Jesus. day to, you know, drive me back home. Cause somebody had to get me home. Yeah. Um, he goes, Hey man, the main vein along your spine is bleeding pretty bad. If that thing clots, you die. Jeez. So we have to do surgery immediately. Get ready. We're going to go in fix that. Oh, and we're going to fuse your neck together. Like I explained while we're in there. Oh, fuck so, off. So, so here I am. I'm like, so you didn't get the option. No, yeah. no. I, I had to get surgery. Um, and, you know, you go with doctor's orders, right? Um, yeah. Especially when he's telling you yeah. it's light, light threatening. Um, and yeah. and, and, and the, thing, the good thing about being in North Carolina is the UNC health system is like top of the line. Like it's yeah. a university uh, hospital system that goes throughout the entire state, kind of like California and New York. They, some of these states have like a whole thing where the universities and the hospitals are all integrated and it's a big system. So, you know, when you're going somewhere, you're getting quality health care. Not every yeah. state's like that, but but North Carolina is a great state like that. Yeah, Pete, uh, 100% on, man. Um, just like, um, you know, just like in uh, where we live, man, uh, you know, if you go up to Lehigh Valley, yep. you've got every other street corner. Um, you got St. Luke's uh, pretty much, you know, in Philly, we yeah. know what's there. Oh, um, yeah, shout out. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, man. Shout out to so, Levine, uh, Levine Hospital right in the center city of Charlotte, man. Uh, that's okay. where I was taken. That's who took care of me, man. So, nice. So, you get the so and when did how many years ago did this occur? Was this uh, 2018? This, was, this is uh, this December. It'll be five years. So we're going on okay. about four and a half years right now. I'm removed. So five, four and a half years that this occurred. Mm-hmm. The incident occurred. You had the surgery. You had the recovery. Right. So yep. you're in recovery for seven months. After you're done the recovery for seven months, I'll tell you this. And we've had we had this on a couple weeks ago when we had Mr. Bowers on the show and we talked about this. There's people that will use these types of scenarios as an excuse not to do something. 
they're like, no, I'm, I'm going to sit around. I'm not, you know, I'm going to recover. I'm going to be lazy. I'm not going to do whatever. And there's people that are like, I'm getting back to my life. I'm not going to be like constricted by this situation and by this scenario and by this accident. I'm not going to be held back by this. I'm determined to get back to my life. And for you, it was very much that scenario. You fought through the seven months of recovery, which this type of recovery is some of the worst that it gets. You know what I mean? You're coming from an ultra scary surgery, ultra scary procedure. You do the recovery. You're coming back. Then you get a job that you're doing now where you're selling life insurance. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. So what can you tell me like, during the recovery and things like that, you do the recovery and you go to the life insurance. What was kind of your motivation during your recovery and then your motivation to get a job selling life insurance? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good question, man. Um, kind of like you said, you can go one of two ways, right? Um, yeah. And just to me, there's a, a phrase that just sticks in my mind since I was a little kid. I don't know where I heard it, but a body in motion stays in motion and a body at rest stays at rest. Right. So just like keep that. it moving, man. And everything will keep moving. Keep it moving. Um, Yep. Yep. So, um, like you said, was, you know, I had a neck brace on for about four months, a uh, little bit of rehab after and that. You were still getting chicks with a neck brace. You son of a bitch. It's a little easier at that point. <laughs> no, but, but, um, <laughs> little sympathy action. Baby. Yeah, just, uh, I always had a marker ready. He's like, why don't you just uh, sign over here? Yeah. You walk into a bar on crutches, man. You can sit next to any chick you want. <laughs> um, but no, uh, so yeah, man, uh, kind of segued into where I'm at now. Um, honestly, didn't ever really have a dream job or this is what I want to do. Um, just, just didn't, man. Um, you know, like most probably wanted to be a pro athlete when I was a kid. Uh, sure. but you know, that didn't tell me you, that, I, I think mo- most people I'm with you. Like we're all like, like you, it's not that you have a dream job. You just kind of want a job where you have yeah. people that you like working with and you yep. make good money. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just kind of, yeah. this is what helps me be what I want to be. Yeah, man. So that uh, that led me to where I'm at now. Um, I was actually o- online, um, believe it or not, on Craigslist, and I um, applied for four Craigslist. jobs. Yeah, that, well, the what the job I found um, was on there. Uh, the other three weren't. But long story short, went on a couple, uh, went on three interviews. I uh, got accepted to all three jobs and uh, chose the job I'm at now, man. Look um, at you! You are your seen. interviewing skills must be fucking top notch, fucking chat tapping. Yeah. So people, man, people are the world, man. That's I feel it, like man. to feel like, you know, most jobs I had leading up to this, just dealing with all different people, ages, yeah. ethnicities, races. It would have been a good bartender too. Tell you the truth. Yeah. yeah. One thing I always wanted to do that I didn't, man, honestly, um, nights and weekends, never wanted to work those, but oddly enough, the job <laughs> I have now is all nights and weekends. <laughs> nice. um, so, so like we're, so you're doing, you're selling. So right now then, what you're doing and do you have a link for your stuff like a like a social media link or a website or anything yeah you know what i have a uh, i have a twitter um that is you know i'm not the biggest on social well, media and do all you have a uh do you have like a business card yeah yeah okay absolutely. so what we'll do is we'll have on your promo post so we'll have your business card and Perfect. then we'll have your business details in the description of this episode so well, let's kick it back so uh, like we were saying right now, you're selling life insurance, right? Mm-hmm. And for all those listening, we will have Tommy's contact information in the description of this episode, as well as his business card and his promo poster. So if you want to contact Tommy to get some life insurance, his information will be in the description of this episode. So feel free to contact him. Sell him that the boys from the Working Perspectives podcast sent you. So, right. uh, 
either way so you're doing life insurance now so kind of this is a very unique niche kind of thing so kind of explain to us how it works and then we'll finish up and i'll and i'll let you get the book at a yeah so to uh answer to i don't think i answered the one question yet yes kind of how i got there um, yeah so okay. that was it so went on an interview but i got accepted to a couple positions uh this was the uh, only job that's 100 percent commission you know there's no pay if yeah. you don't produce yeah um, so took that over you know two other decent salaries yeah you, you know, bet on yourself um, yeah. 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 Which, you know, for most people that do bet on their self realize in the end, you know, you're, you're probably going to win. Um, it's as on long you. As you, nice. you put the work in, man. Yeah. So, uh, so that was it, man. I started there, but the reason I, I really started there, uh, was, you know, just knowing, uh, hearing people that sold life insurance when I was younger, not much, but you know, few and far between pretty well off, uh, later in life. Uh, yeah. but the gentleman that stood in front of me one day, um, on my, my interview there said he made about $40,000 a month in renewals which is a paycheck on the 15th of every month for the work that he's put in over his career every single month. In addition to what he still gets paid on a weekly basis. Is this like the, uh, the Wolf of wall street where uh, Jonah Hill meets uh, he's like, Hey, you, you show me a check for $40,000. I quit my job right now. And I work for you. Hell yeah. Except that was 7,000. If you remember, (laughs) Um, love that movie, man. But, uh, So, yeah, man, I thought to myself, if I can be half as good as this guy, a quarter as good as this guy, I'll yeah. be sitting pretty, man. Dude, I'd be good with like fucking a, a nickel's worth of this guy. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So what I, and I remembered why I didn't want to harp him, but just the idea that you found this job on Craigslist is kind of like cool and crazy. Just like you, you, some people like some people just look at certain places, but it's like you always have to be looking. You always have to keep your eyes open. Like, where is it at? Because like who like. Would you ever thought you would have found this job on Craigslist, you know, but like, no, no, um, not at all, man. But, um, you know, that's, you know, most things to me, at least in my life, you know, it's kind of, uh, finding, finding value in something that you don't, you don't think's there to begin with, man. Just always looking for the diamond, always looking for that diamond in the rough. Yeah. And, and and this is to be said, you're not afraid to look for things as well. You're not afraid to look, you're not afraid to try. You're not afraid to go out of your comfort zone. But also, you're not afraid to bet on yourself, and that's the big thing, right? Yeah, and, you know what yeah. you're worth, and you're worth, and you're uh, you're worth good stock, and you do good, you do good work. You know what I mean? And you should be proud of that. And that's been kind of the theme of this whole interview: is the work that you do is good work, and you know what you're worth, and you know what you can get, and you bet on yourself, and you should be very proud of that, man, because not a lot of people have the courage to do that, and you do. Yep. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Uh, to yeah. add to that, man, the fear of failure um, is a big thing, too, that drives a lot of people. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. So that to me is once I started working here, you know, on 100 percent commission, I didn't want to fail. So that's kind of my driving force uh, the whole way still to this day, to be fear honest. It can be a good thing. You know, it can, yeah, it can yeah. be a motivating thing. So we uh, so my, Yeah. So my company, man, um, I like to think that, you know, uh, everything I've had in the past kind of prepared me for this. Uh, but, you know, backtrack to my uh, previous job working in home healthcare, I uh, was the first job where I actually got um, satisfaction out of helping somebody, you know, nice. you're not punching a clock, you're not waiting to go home. Yeah. Um, you're actually helping someone. Right. Yeah. So, so that There's was my last, what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, man. So this job uh, does the same thing, man. Um, gives nice. me the opportunity to meet, you know, different people every day, uh, help them out, kind of break down their situation. 
Uh, and it's pretty interesting what people uh, that you don't know that well, uh, what they'll tell you versus people that are close to them, their best friends, their relatives, man. Um, so my job is really, we work with, you know, blue collar America. It really starts with unions, uh, nice. middle to low income families, uh, working yeah. families, man. Yeah. I'm on somebody's worst day, you know, when someone passes away, there's, yep, yep. there's a financial side to that, man, that yeah. a lot of people don't know. There's about. a mortgage that has to be paid. There are bills that have, like there's kids that have to go to school. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, been to a couple of funerals growing up myself, myself yeah. never had to financially deal with that side of it, but, you know, saw what it has done to families over the years uh, when people pass away uh, one of two ways, you know, it's either there's money there to help take care of things or there's not, um, you know, so um, helping so, people is kind of at the heart of it. So go ahead. Well, man. Tommy, well, I know I need life insurance, so I'm going to be giving you a call after the show. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. A lot we of all need it, man. Everybody yeah. needs it. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. and, and if you have it through work, don't think you have it because you lose that. You switch jobs, retire, move away. Yeah. And don't wait because the older you get, the more it costs. At uh, some point, you may not qualify. You come down. And even hours. for work, it's just that one-year salary. You want that good, you know, like this is my wife doesn't have to worry about the mortgage. And my yeah. kids don't have to worry about school. Like just, you know, take yeah. care of them. Yeah. What? So what? how does life insurance work for those people listening? What is it? What are you insuring? I know you're insuring life, but so say – so, so, okay. So let's, so most of it's a, a death benefit, right? Everybody thinks yeah. of life insurance. Once you pass away, there's money there for your family to bury in whatever's left over, you know, goes to family or whoever um, you want it to go to. Uh, there's a couple living benefits as well. Um, you know, I also have a health and accident license. Um, so some of that stuff, um, you know, we could sell cancer policies. If somebody, you know, maybe you're hereditary in your family, you have cancer um, for a small fee, you can take out a cancer policy. If you ever get diagnosed, it's not like you have to pass away, uh, but yeah. there's a payout for different cancer policies. So, um, you know, and, and, it's not always just passing away. But And Tommy, do you also do like, I, I know there's also like, sometimes you can like reverse it into annuity where it's almost like, okay, <laughs> I have this in case, but you yeah. can kind of turn it into a retirement benefit. And a lot of people don't know that because that's what kind of makes it like, Oh, why wouldn't I get this when I realize it's multifaceted? If I get hurt or die, my family has it. And even if I don't, I can turn it into another asset, you know, for my retirement. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to go into like specific details of different policies, but basically there's some policies that build cash value that you can play with later in life and some policies that don't, um, you know, a lot of, uh, I think Pete, I actually, I know what you're talking about is, you know, different policies tied into stocks and investments a lot. Yep. Um, yeah. My company and myself aren't really geared towards that. We're more than okay. Okay. low in- income, but no, you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. Um, there's all kinds of different vehicles that you can use and there's living benefits to life insurance, not just once you pass, man. Nice. Um, so but just yeah, something man. for people that listen, you know, think about like, if you don't have it, look into it. it it's, yeah. it's a good tool to have to protect your family and yourself Correct. and yeah. you know, yeah. your future. Now, yeah. what I uh, real quick, I'll, I'll kind of run through this, what I actually do on a daily basis. Um, so, you know, this didn't bring me in at all, but a lot of people are brought into my company through the phrase of no cold calling, no door knocking, no cold calling. I didn't know oh, that yeah. people were scared of that. I just thought it was what you do. Right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, immediately um, I would now let's let's kind of backtrack a little bit. So let's do before I got into management and training agents. Here I go. Um, I got my leads. I call a couple of my union members um, with my manager. Um, I go out with him. You know, we sell a couple policies. We don't sell a couple policies. But here I'm learning the ropes and all. Um, now, very interesting, man. Never a dull moment. Um, the hours we're out working are kind of between two and ten p.m. Because hey, man, um, in most sales industries, you have to be available when other people are. Um, and yeah, most yeah. people are working during the day, man. So our day kind of starts two three p.m. 
Um, never a dull moment, man. I would, you know, uh, run territory as far as Southern Delaware. Um, our company is the whole state of Delaware, oh, wow. uh, Philly. I would run the concrete jungle just all day, every day, man. Um, as far up as like the Poconos, man. So just imagine driving, you know, Delaware to Philly and up yep, to the Poconos yep. for work. Um, now it's totally changed the ball game, man, with the, uh, with the COVID, um, our company is still doing the same thing. Uh, but we do it on Zoom now, man. So believe it or not, uh, Zoom has been a blessing in disguise for our company. Yeah. Can now yeah. run more appointments in a day. Uh, without and people driving. aren't like kind of nervous about yep. it. Like they're more open. I agree. This digital platform has yep. been like makes everything like, you know, it is more eye opening. Yeah, right. My company's actually had um, record growth for the last 14 consecutive months. Uh, All we right. Hit- right. All yeah, right. We actually had a little bit of a hiccup in March when the uh, pandemic started, but uh, April all the way through May of this year, uh, 14 straight months of record growth for my company. Dude, that's, that's cool. great. Nothing man. will uh, make you uh, think about your own vulnerability more than a pandemic <laughs> and how yeah. to take care of your family. Nice. Yeah, man. So I um, so I started, you know, just selling myself, um, just running all over Philly, selling policies, getting referrals so I could see people's friends and family. Um, and didn't really realize how good of a job I was doing versus some of my peers. Um, I, you know, I just kind of thought it was, you know, it's what I do, man. Just put your head down and work. Uh, that's but what here they I make charts for, Tommy, to highlight what, your success. Well, yeah. That's kind of the end game of my job is let's, you know, work hard now and not play much. So later in life, we can work a lot less and play more. Dude, man. dude um, that's, but, yeah, that's the name the, of the uh, game, man. Yeah, the, Tommy, is the insurance game, is it's big on residual income? That's it. That's, you know, um, you that's know, the name you, of the game. You sell you a car. How many times? You fucking words, Pete, with yeah. your fucking residual. Fuck you fucking Pete, big Pete, words. Fuck you, Pete. I'm fucking. You sell a car. How many times you get paid? Yeah. How once? <laughs> yeah. I, I sell a policy. You know, I get paid up front a nice, uh, it depends on the size, but then, you know, once those people pay into their 13th month, um, you get, you know, a small, uh, Check every month there. Mm, but if is. you fix the cars, they keep coming back. That's right. <laughs> All right. But, uh, so nice. But just to kind of wrap up, you know, what I do now, man. Yeah. Um, again, the satisfaction of helping other people. Um, never a dull moment, man. Uh, meet three to five strangers every day of my life and have real yeah. conversations with them. And then uh, a couple months into my job, I uh, moved into management. So now I, you know, I train new agents. Again. Um, got a team of people, man. Nice. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what age, what race, what religion, man. Everybody has a need for what we do. Yeah. Uh, you see a, a, a list of like top salespeople in my company. And, um, you know, they don't even look like they're I'm not going to say from this country, but you know what I mean? It just looks like you're looking at like a. Uh, it's a smorgasbord. You got it, man. Yeah. Um, no, but that's no, a beautiful if you, thing. If you think you could sell some insurance and you want a man who just proved how many times he's earned his management lead, email Thomas and he will train you to make some money if you think you can talk to people and maybe slang some insurance policies. Yeah. And his contact information will be available in the description of this episode. Yeah. Don't be scared to bet on yourself, man. Agree. Uh, yep. Yeah. Great, great, great advice. You. Great. And the, uh, you know, uh, a lot of trips, man. My company's big on trips. Um, every year nice. there's an all-inclusive uh, trip. Uh, last year we did um, we do Vegas. It was pretty cool. They rented out seat, uh, nice. three floors on Caesars. I, I just got my wife in all-inclusive. We, like, she was kind of skeptical, and we did uh, Cancun in September. Nothing better. And then our Nothing friends better. got uh, married again in Cancun, like, uh, in October or, or uh, in April, and it was just – Dude, it's yeah. the, the all inclusive is tough to beat. Yeah, and not, I'm not the biggest. Uh, I'm not the biggest music fan, but I guess 
two of the biggest DJs in the world. They had a uh, uh, Tiesto, what's it, right? Tiesto yeah. is his name. Yeah, and Calvin so. Harris, uh, we okay. rented out a club and they perform and it was just our company. So it was pretty cool. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Dude, yeah. that's awesome. I heard they had uh, DJ Stubby Stubbins down there. <laughs> Getting dirty. DJ Schwab game Stubbies. All right. He's a performer. Yeah, but to bring, honestly, man, uh, my job full circle, it's, you know, never thought I'd be here. Uh, very lucrative. Um, yeah. And it's just people, man. It's just talking to people. Um, you know, never saw myself selling anything. Um, I actually thought people that did sales, you know, kind of had the more used car salesman stigma my whole life. But, yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's it, why you're good at it because you're not a, you're not a, uh, you're not a, you're not a car grease ball, Steven, you know, you know. You're yeah. selling a product <laughs> people want and a product that people need. Yep, yeah. Yep. And you're not a, you're not a thief. You're providing a service and that's an important service because it's one of those things like you don't want to be caught needing it and not having it. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Yeah. So, yes, and you're, so and you're, and you're the, giving people peace of mind as well. Man, the term I like to at. use for Tommy is grinder. Like you look over his, his uh, job career yep, and he just, your grinds. favorite. You know, it's, it, it, I was like about he, to say, like, interesting <laughs> and, interestingly enough. Yeah. Pete's, Pete's favorite website. Pete's favorite well, app. That's right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, the, it, Steve, it's an app. That could also be my nickname, <laughs> Pete. Wait, yeah, Grandpa. Yeah. Wait, there's a difference? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, wait. So, yeah. Grinder, Tommy Grinder, Romeo, a.k.a. Tommy Grinds, a.k.a. Tommy Plugs. Tommy AKA... Plugs. <laughs> All right. Get your so, shine box. Get your fucking shine box. <laughs> Love it. All right. So, we're coming to the top of time here, man. I'll tell you what, Tommy, like we were expecting big things from this and you fucking delivered. This was a great fucking episode. A lot of Thank great you, information, a lot of great stories. And me and Pete and Steve are usually on the same page with this, but we would love for you to come back on sometime if you'd be willing. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course, um, man. Absolutely, man. Appreciate of course. it. So. so we're going to take off soon. So before we take off, Tommy, anything uh, you want to say to the dozens and dozens of Working Perspectives podcast listeners? Get your shine box ready. Your fucking <laughs> shine box. Nah, Go nothing. get your fucking shine box. Yeah, nothing too extra, man. Just um, that's it, man. Uh, that's hey, what bet on about, yourself, man. right? Bet on yourself. Certainly. That's bet it. On yourself. Tommy Romeo story. Bet on yourself. Love it. Swap, swap game. Uh, N-Dub's no, no, favorite son, Swap game Steve. What do you got to say to the peeps? Fuck these three and listen to me, kids, when I say <laughs> sometimes you got to get in trouble to live. Yeah. Yeah. Where the good shit happens, man. When you have the adrenaline rush, man. That's where the good shit in life happens. Yeah. Whether it's being a kid before school, fucking shit up, you know? If, if you're under 12, vandalism is acceptable. Uh, that's not the opinion of the entire Working Perspectives podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, ha- no, I agree. Have some fun. Uh, so, uh, Prince of Partying, Party Boy Pete, what do you got to say to the people before we get out of here? Uh, as always, I love to support the trades. Uh, yep. I like that, that came up. Yep. Uh, and then also, yep. just like, you know, looking back at Tommy, finding this job on Craigslist. Yeah. Turn over every rock. Just keep looking and looking and looking. Yeah. You never know where you're going to find that job oh, yeah. that you like or the job that pays you well. So yeah. Craigslist, Facebook, whatever it is, just keep looking. Beautiful. Don't stop. Beautiful. Awesome. All right. So this has been another episode of the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by Party Boy Pete McCormick, Schwap Game Steve Cabot, and our guest today was the indomitable 
Tommy Romeo. You can find all our episodes and all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can join us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. Hang out with us on the Twitter and the Tiki Talk at Working P Pod. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please feel free to email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, E is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott Bell Publishing, where the authors go.